Black Box Radio. We are a media platform illustrating black excellence. You already know. We out here. Hey. with Catalina Burr. Wow, Republican candidate for the mayoral race 2020. How are you this morning? I'm wonderful. We're so happy to have you. I'm happy to be here. And um, I know you're very busy, so we're grateful. Running for office and a mayor in a mayor-heavy city is a lot. Yes. So it's a lot on you, your family, I'm sure, but you're, you're pushing, right? Yes. Okay. My kids are very excited about this. So, um, How many kids you have? Yeah. Three. My youngest just turned seven. Mm-hmm. My baby girl. She's my only girl. She's the one I should have had first because I need more energy for her than I did my boys <laughs> who are about to turn 17 and 19 in the next couple of weeks. Wow. So. Okay. So you got 19, 17, and seven. Yes. <laughs> Go right. ahead, Miss Bird. <laughs> You're I thought pop- I was done. I <laughs> you, meant to be done. You're probably made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but a great mistake. You a got great your girl. mistake. She's the she's the she is the light of our lives. So excellent, excellent. So let's let's first talk and acclimate the people about who Miss Bird is. Born and raised in Zone 17, 17. in West Baltimore. Um, I am a third generation Republican. Mm. My father ran for mayor in 1995 while I was a freshman at Poly. He was the Republican candidate against Kurt Schmoke. Um, my, both my parents were always delegates, um, to the convention for the Mm -hmm. state of Maryland. I worked for Governor Ehrlich. Um, I supported Hogan's campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, my first time running for mayor in 2011, I ran as an independent. I needed Mm -hmm. 5,000 signatures to get on the ballot. I came 400 short. Mm -hmm. Um, and what we found when we did the postmortem on that race before we got ready for this one is that, we spent more time explaining the petition process than we mm-hmm. got to talk about our issues, which is ultimately why I went ahead and switched parties. I wasn't always a Republican. I was independent because at the time that I became eligible to vote, I didn't agree with the Iraq war. And so that was why I didn't join the party, but I've always been involved with it. Okay. My father's been on the Central Committee for over 30 years. Okay. Um, so, you know, I've always had this connection to the party, but I just had a, a a personal philosophical difference with the, the leadership at the, time at the time when I was 18. Right. Um, obviously, we're not in Iraq the same way anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. But also, I just, I don't have to, ex- now I have to explain why I be black and a Republican in the era of Trump, which I have a lot of fun doing. And I don't mind. Well, we're going to go there. Of okay. course. Right. Of course. You know, we're going right. to go there. Because <laughs> I wanted you to say that you were a Republican, you know, because, you know, this is a blue city. A blue state, you know, mm-hmm. that so purple you know, state. Pur- oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Baltimore's a blue city, blue but city, Maryland is a purple state. Purple state. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna say. Our Pardon two me. most dense populations, mm-hmm. Baltimore and Prince George's County, are blue. Are blue. But you go down on the eastern shore or out there in western Maryland where in Andy Harris represents, you know, that's always threatening to break off from the state and join West Virginia when it, that's all red. All that's red. All okay. Red. Okay. So <laughs> so Maryland has different factions. Yes. Okay, but Baltimore's a blue similar city. to New York. So, yeah, you know? Yeah, similar. So, um, and, but Baltimore's a blue city. Yes. Okay. And you are a Republican candidate. I am. And a young candidate. So, um. Uh, not that young. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're relatable. You're authentic. You know, I've heard you and, you know, 
I think the young people really like what comes out of your mouth. Yeah, young. Well, I don't want to quote. <laughs> I don't want to quote Aaliyah here. Like eight, but young is not really just about age. age. Like yeah. the number. True. You know. Yeah. So I do have a youthful energy. Right. Yes. And, yes. I, and I think that's what exactly. Queen was kind of referring yeah, to. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to. Just kind of your, your energy, not whatever the. I'm not trying to get into the numbers. Cal- the calendar year. <laughs> I mean, you know. I ain't trying to get a number, sis. Well, I mean, she kind of planned. I'm going to be 39 in a week and a half. I'm all my years. No, no, she kind of placed it by saying she, you know, turning 18, being able to vote around Mm -hmm. the Iraq war. That kind of put it in the. In the context, you know, I knew. Yeah. Because I I went over there. So at that point, I was in the military. Okay. So, so yeah. Did you serve with Pete Buttigieg? I didn't. Not to my knowledge. (laughs) He might have been around this. I don't know. (laughs) I, I didn't know nothing about it. Yeah. I didn't know nothing about him over there. Now. Pete Booty. But I, I didn't yeah. actually. I didn't actually go over to Burma. As they say I was in Kuwait for a year and a half over there. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna leave that. Alone. Mayor Pete is, is a friend of mine. I'm so. Okay. Okay. So you just want to know they served. You just, you just. Yeah. Just you throw a little shout yeah. out there. Shout, I like that shout out. Box I mean, up, I was in Come South, see us. I was in South Bend, you know, prior to his deciding to run for, for president. Okay. And South Bend has a lot of similarities to Baltimore in the sense that it is a college town, mm. essentially. So how Hopkins has done a, the majority of um, development and things around here, that's what Notre Dame is there. Absolutely. And very, very clear segregation and distinctions and poverty and race. Um from block to block in different parts of the community. Mm. And so that time there was um, was really good. And a good friend of mine who I used to do domestic violence legislation with, a former delegate from Prince George's County, she's originally from there. So I got like the native experience. Right. Like where the black reason. folks be and, you right. know, yeah. and right. the stories and things like that. So yeah, I just was really impressed with him when I met him. He came to her fundraiser. Um, and it's been odd watching this presidential coverage. Like, He's not gay enough for the gays. He didn't come out soon enough. It's just a weird dynamic of the criticism that his candidacy got. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but not just that. I mean, his and, relationship with black people. Now, let's get it. I mean, yeah. You're but, talking but, about Petey. No, no, no. You, didn't you see him on Decency Mayor? Whatever. <laughs> I mean, but I, that's you what I'm saying. You told the black woman, I don't want your vote. Listen, but, let's talk about Petey. You want to bring Petey up? Box up, Petey. Come I saw see him you. come see, sit in a room full of black folks and yeah, be completely huh, But did you see him talk to that black woman, sis? I did not. Okay. I did not. All right. But I did see him talk to other black women in True. this house that he came to for this fundraiser for my friend. I, I and totally be completely that. at ease with but no This security. was in his element. This was a questioning. This was an event. Mm. They were talking about the disparities of treatment between black people and white people. And he was the mayor and he got caught in his feelings and he told her, I'm not looking for your vote. So he, that, you know, and, and that's the context of what went on. And okay. I can't really talk about what actually happened between the two of them, but she was emotional about her experience in South Bend. And he was adamant that he was the best thing since sliced bread. And she was like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. So I'm not, I don't have anything against Petey. Box up, Petey. Come see me. You ain't doing that. That's right. You, be, you ain't busy, bro. <laughs> they riding with Biden now, well, okay? Well, up over here. Biden need to come in here. So let me help him with his memory. Come on in here, oh, Lord. brother Biden. All right. <laughs> Yes, we gonna do that today. You brought that in here, Ms. Burke. Look, That's hey, right. We here to do we it. We can go left, right. What's up? That's right. I'm, <laughs> listen, this authentic. So right. let's get back to Sister Bird. <laughs> Catalina Bird. All right. So Republican candidate. And do you do you have siblings? Um, I had an older brother that served in Desert Storm, 
He was murdered in 2016. Mm. Um, I, this coming August will make 13 years I've been a widow. My husband was murdered in 2007. Mm. And um, I have a younger God brother who I just call my brother because he basically is in mm. my house every day. Um, <laughs> who went viral for his video footage of the children and Matthew Henson not having heat two years ago. His name's Aaron Maven, okay. former NFL player, yeah. first round draft pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, hit Aaron. He's not returned my my hits. I'm, I'll let him know. Thank you, ma'am. You Thank you. Welcome. That's your brother. Tell your brother box up. <laughs> yeah. Box up, man. So now he, you know, he took he didn't renew his contract. He took the early buyout from the NFL because he had concerns about CTE. Right. He, he does art too, right? He's a painter, mm-hmm. an author. And he teaches uh, literacy mm-hmm. at Matthew Henson. Mm. And so, you know, we had, growing up, we had um, different, we didn't go to Baltimore City Public Schools as children, right? His father and my father, they had us in private schools. And then, like, I begged to get out of them green uniforms. That's how I went to Polly. I appealed to my father's narcissism. Like, Daddy, don't you want... My brother didn't go to Polly like you did. Maybe you want me to. But right, because he went to Polly. Because he went to Polly. Okay. So I was just trying to get out yeah, the that, green you uniform. You knew how to that's do all, it. That's all you needed. Right. <laughs> but also, girls know how to get to the dad. Right. Yeah, and so, yeah. and then because Aaron was so good at football, he went to high school out in, at Mount Hebron in Columbia. Got it. Um, you know, so he could be on a trajectory to get a good scholarship and things of that nature. So when... He, he had that experience as a this is his first year as a teacher in city schools. You know, that was genuine from his heart. That he, like he cried that night. He didn't even intend for it to go viral. It's just that he has a blue check and so many people with blue checks follow him and know mm-hmm. him and it blew up overnight. But he was genuine. Help and, a sister. Oh, he has a what? That's a Twitter thing. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that's like a verification. <laughs> oh, so this is such, oh, okay. Because like he like don't because you know like, I was gonna ask what the heck is that? It just means that you are a public figure, and it, it's just saying that this is who this person is. Right, so it's, it's not a verified. fake account. This is oh, an actual. Did they verify the box? No, they ain't verified the uh, box yet because we got but two followers. Ooh. <laughs> no, I no. love it. Our Twitter is a mess. No, no. <laughs> Twitter is not. It's not. Hasn't been the platform yet. But yeah, but we're rocking on the gram and Facebook. I have a blue check, but I just feel like they ask for too much information when right. you try to get it on your own. Okay, and I'm just convinced that you they're going to give it to me. Right, at some yeah. point they're just going to give it. They're they're give yeah, it to they me. give it to you at some point if they if they know. But some people have to kind of petition they gotta go for get their check. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not, I don't care about no blue check. I got a black check. Okay, so it's all good. I okay. just like checks. Yeah. I take all the checks. Okay, <laughs> campaigns are not free. Yeah. All day long. <laughs> say it again. Did you say birth Black, of Baltimore? Blue. <laughs> birth That's of right. Baltimore. There's a donate t- button on my website, <laughs> BYRD, the number four, Baltimore.com, by all means. Love Every it. Every little bit helps. What is it again, sis? <laughs> BYRD, the number four, Baltimore.com. Birth of Baltimore.com. Hit her up with them checks. Yes. She's ready. I need them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you're a Republican candidate. You know, we got to jump into that. No. Okay. Republican, Republican, Republican. We got Trumpy. We got Mitchie. We got... Uh, oh, you cocaine Mitch? Yeah, cocaine Mitch. Real talk. <laughs> <laughs> we got um, Hagbag, South Carolina. What's his name? Tim Scott. No, not Tim. Not the black man. Lindsey Graham. Finzy Lindsey. <laughs> so where we go? <laughs> there we got Finzy Lindsey. These some names, y'all. Bitchy Mitchy. Okay. Oh, oh we call we're not Bitchy Mitchy. No, cocaine Mitch. Yeah, cocaine Mitch. Oh, real talk. Real okay. talk. Okay. And then we got Trumpy Trump. What? So, you know, and that's what people think about it. That access. Well, one of those evils to me. 
Um, those guys, to me, they are out of touch. They're malicious. They're doing some things that, to me, now this is the box. This is not everybody. This is what I see. And I think America has has a real, real problem right now with um, how other people think about us because how they're leading the country. And um, Trumpy, being a Republican, what do you think about him? He, the Democrats made him. He was a Democrat and couldn't tell he came and hijacked the party I grew up in. Oh, so he ain't my cross to bear. Like so, that. <laughs> Got it. The Democrats so made he was, that. Because he was a Democrat. Yes. Up until he came and, and you know, and the Republicans couldn't figure, didn't take him serious at first. And mm -hmm. that was their, their shortcoming. Right. Right. There were 17 people in that field. Right. They did not think that he, anybody with good sense would actually vote for him. And then by the time they realized what a threat he really was, it was too late. And it, you couldn't put the brakes on it by then. Remember, they tried a whole bunch of stop Trump stuff. It just was too late. Right. It but was my question is, even if it's too late, how do you now support it? How do you know you continue? To, no, I'm talking about what him. they're doing in the legislature, how they're standing behind this. Fully, they are actually supporting this mutant this because guy. they have to win their reelection every two years and mm. our base is one that if you don't support the the top of the ticket they will they will not support you and they know that and they have to win so they have to align with it one of the things um from my years and working as a strategist that i've always found most interesting but frustrating is when democrats don't like their nominee in the primary they don't return in the general but when Republicans don't like their nominee in the primary, they just come and vote for somebody else in the general as a protest vote. But they don't ever not vote. That's the difference. Like, it's something mm. rooted in our patriotism, our civic duty. Every election, they're going to vote in both elections. Democrats don't do that. Mm. You saw it in 16. That's part of also how we got him in office. The Bernie bros didn't, didn't pull, come didn't back. Pull up. Because, you yeah, know, they didn't pull up and they're not going to do it this time either. And probably neither will Elizabeth Warren's people and Trump will win re-election. So how are we ever <laughs> going to have a real process if you just don't vote? You got to ask people that don't vote. I'm Republican. I vote in every election that I can. <laughs> so you're talking about only Democrats. Well, I never even observed that. Mm. Well, yeah, it's it's a odd, it's a odd thing, but the numbers are there and it's, it's frustrating. You know, it, we don't I'm teach, sure it is. We don't teach civics anymore. Yeah. So, you know. People keep projecting in this mayoral race that whoever wins in the general will likely win with less than 20 percent of the vote. But that's because Baltimore has been run by Democrats exclusively since 1967, so much so that people believe that whoever wins the primaries who gets sworn in December. We don't teach civics anymore. The primary election is to run to represent your party. The general election determines who gets sworn in. But but the history of Baltimore, if you're Democratic and you win that primary, most often, well, yeah. but only That's in the, the last history. 20 and 30 years, yeah, it wasn't just, always the case. I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think the, the challenge is that people become disengaged in the process after the primary. Sure. sure. Because, Intentionally. Right. But people who like me are independent. We can't vote in the primary. I know. So we're waiting for the general. Yeah, I used to have to do that, too. Yeah. My first primary is coming up and I'm going to get to vote for myself. It's wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? But I always because I've I've worked in this field for 20 years. So. Mm -hmm. Even when I couldn't vote in the primary, I was an election judge. I would be working a poll for a candidate sure. or helping pe seniors get to the polls. You mm -hmm. know, so there's still ways to be engaged, even when you can't participate in that part of the process. Sure. It's just not enough of us doing it on a committed level every election cycle. Um, and so when lose or draw, I'll still be here. I'll still be 
in community advocating for mm-hmm. different legislation and policies in City Hall as well as Annapolis and just encouraging people to utilize the vote. And what is like your politic background? Like, because you said you've been in this field for this long. So for the people who are not that familiar, what is your background? When it I st- in terms of working on campaigns, I started out at the very, very bottom, mm. um, running phone banks and making phone calls and canvassing and uh, knocking on doors and work my way up. Um, I've been a statewide field director, a citywide field director, a regional field director uh, in terms of strategy and field organizing. Um, never really did too much on the fundraising side. That's a different element of politics. But mm-hmm. in terms of operations, communications and strategy, that's that's where my skill set is. And off election years, um, I was a political analyst on air for 15 years on radio and TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and then sometimes I'm on air during a campaign as a surrogate. Sure. Of the candidate. Yes. Um, but you have to disclose that and do the FCC regulations. So if I'm right. affiliated with the campaign, right. Right. I have to disclose right. that. You can't just be this, like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's my boy. That's my, that's my guy right there. I really believe in him. Meanwhile, you are. Yeah. And I mean, it would be disingenuous anyway. Because right. mm-hmm. when I come to the table as an analyst, it's strictly looking at data mm-hmm. and, and projecting outcomes. It's not in favor it's of not anyone. Sure, right. sure, 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 sure. But if I'm there as a surrogate, then I'm coming to argue why I believe in my candidate person. is the person that should have the right. job. Got it, got it, got it. And you did the analyst with whom? I'm sorry? You said on, on I radio? I started out at Radio One. Okay. Um, I had my own show. Well, I started out on someone else's show. I got my own show there. Um, then I moved to blog talk because I'd previously been a poet um, back before I had children and bills. <coughs> I thought I was going to be the pound cake moment. Okay. I was about that to, talent um, coming out. Yeah, like I thought I was going to be the next Nikki Giovanni. Um, I used to host two open mics in the city. Really? Um, one at what is now Bentley's, but used to be Britain's on yep. Howard Street, mm-hmm. and then another on Sundays in the basement of everyone's place. Really? Um, bookstore on North Avenue. That was like the late 90s. Everyone's place is my spot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and so um, from OLB, I went to Blog Talk okay. because I had a following outside of Baltimore because of my, my history with the arts community, right? Got we had it. traveled all up and down the East Coast together. Um, and then I left Blog Talk. I went to, I had another show on WPB radio when Frank Johnson and his former wife had that station. Mm-hmm. And I went from WPB to WEAA. I was at WEAA on Morgan's that campus. Like Morgan. On Morgan's campus for Absolutely. five years. That's right. Um, Mighty Morgan. Love it. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm a beer. So, okay. Yeah, Go yeah. Bears. You talk, you My grandmother out. was one too. Yeah, I'm a beer. So, listen, uh, I always got to give a little love out to the Mighty Morgan. I had a great time there. I mean, we had a, we had great people. Who doesn't? And I got to <laughs> moderate book discussions at the book festival. Mm, you know, so it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, WEAA partners with a lot of with the Afro and other people in the community for mm-hmm. different events. So, that was fun. Um, but unfortunately, we had some changes in leadership there, mm. and a number of us were. Well, I had left already because I saw it coming. Right on the wall, huh? Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was. It was very, very oh, clear. It was, it was a sharpie. It was sharp and was iridescent, so it glowed <laughs> in the dark. Okay. So, <laughs> I love it. Like I need to go. So you knew it was time to I go. I knew it was time to go. Okay. I left a few months before, and everybody had to leave. Everybody too. Everybody else had to leave. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> And then after EAA, 
I um, did some radio in Philly. I had a regular segment with a friend of mine who's up at WURD um, that I just stopped doing once I filed my candidacy in August of last year. Again, FCC regulations, even though I'm not running up there. I, I got this thing about integrity, so I don't really mm-hmm. want to create a space where people can even attempt to come for what I'm doing and say that it's incorrect in any way. So, right. So, so you got this whole thing on, you know, you got this whole platform that you are controlling that you can. Right. I'm not going to be like Fox and Theroux, you know, switching hats, depending on what time of the day it is on air. Like whom? Theroux, Vignaraja. You know, he's on Fox. I, I wanted to ask. He's okay. on Fox during the day as a lawyer and an analyst. And then they create these town halls and the city in crisis mess. And then he's there as a candidate. I love and it. And he's on the station every single day. It's unethical. It's really and truly against the FCC. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, Trump might have fired most of the people at the FCC. And it might not be nobody to even complain to. Ooh. Well, we, we, we got him coming <laughs> tell in. Him, so tell, can... Yeah, tell him how you really feel. But it was a number of candidates that um, protested. But, out in front of them. Yeah, yeah, they had a protest for that. Right, because, because they're not they were setting all up, the candidates. Yeah, they were setting up everything for him. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. But I mean, not that I mind not being invited to their town halls because there's no part of my spirit that is eager to sit on stage next to Ed Norris. So it's Absolutely. all right. But they should be included. He's always some of the there all the time. I don't understand. Yeah. Someone, yeah. I, I don't understand why Ed Norris hmm? uh, convicted. <laughs> <laughs> we know his background. Why is he telling anybody about anything? He's a law enforcement expert. How could you be a law enforcement and you were, you were kicked out? Of, come on. Listen, we have if the Ed attention Norris, span Let me, let me let the box neck. say something. If Ed Norris was a black man, huh? he would not be working. Let's be clear. Very clear. So I don't care what he is. As soon as what he got I'm out of jail, is, they gave him a radio show. Th- thank you. He's tainted. Like every other person who's been tainted and has some type of corruption, and I don't think he should be no official for law enforcement. That's the box. That's N- I concur. So but. I have a problem with that. <laughs> and, and I keep seeing him on panels, and I keep seeing him talking, running his mouth as if he is this, what he says is the standard. What he says is tainted. We know this. <laughs> as well, I keep hearing people, him, so I had to say it. As now, thinking we people, on. okay, yeah. But- I'm having a problem with that. Real we talk. have the attention span and the retention of nets. Now, <laughs> tell when I how you ask really people, feel, like, Bird, tell do y'all you know feel. why he's not the police commissioner in Baltimore City anymore? <laughs> they can't remember. They tell me, but have you, did you read his book? No, I don't want to read his book. And I'm reading his book. I want you to know that he got fired from BPD, then got... Put on by O'Malley at state police and did the same thing yes. that he did here. Absolutely. He had already got out of it. He's here. corrupted. He goes to jail and y'all gave him a radio show and now he's a law enforcement official. You know, there were some people that wanted him to run for mayor and he was considering it. It's amazing what privilege does in, in the communities. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say, because anyone else who had any inkling of what he's done would not be on anybody's panels or anything. So like I, I, my good friend, former commissioner, Daryl D'Souza, had a victimless crime. He didn't file his taxes for three years, had already begun working with the IRS and an attorney um, to rectify that prior to the, the, the charges being filed against him. And the judge sent him to jail for 10 months to make an example and that's because he's black. And who is this? Former um, police commissioner, yeah. Daryl D'Souza. 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 Oh, yeah. The last young man, right? No. Well, before. 
No, he came he, after Kevin Davis, but he after, came. Yeah, he's in between. So, so we have Harrison right now. Yeah, it was we one, had Tuggle for nine months as interim, and the one who, before him, and the so Spanish before Tuggle, guy, that's the Sousa. Yeah, that's he's the Panamanian. Well, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said he looked. I didn't know what he was. Sorry, so. brother. Come see us. Box up. This was, is, he, is he out yet? Is he? Yeah, he's out. Yeah, he should come see us. Four twelve. So we'll handle them. That would be awkward. Well, I didn't know, so I'm not sure of his story. <laughs> if he wants to come on the box to tell a story, we would love to hear it. Absolutely. You know, everybody has a story and we would handle him appropriately. I mean, when we talk about the differences, you and, know what and, I mean? And, and, and how and they deal with people. Exactly. It, has, it doesn't matter. You don't, He was a 30-year BPD veteran. You know, it doesn't wow. matter how clean your record is when they see us. Yep, when you when they, they, don't, they come for us, right? Yeah, they come for us, and I don't understand why I keep seeing Ed Norris. I just don't get it, but I get it. I you understand. It. I totally get it. You got the complexion for the deflection. <laughs> Tell them how you really feel, Sister Bird. <laughs> this I like authenticity. <laughs> I don't have no problem with it. Okay, so Republican. So you kind of go ahead. I, I I have a question. Okay, uh, just from a um from a party standpoint, my perspective, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is the closer that you get down to uh, the local level, the less distance there seems to be in the um, within the platforms of, of the parties. It seems like a lot of the high level issues like abortion rights or, you know, these kind of healthcare. Uh, right. These mm-hmm. are things that are a part of the national conversation that might not, there might not be either jurisdiction or, power at the local level to address. And because those issues might not be on the table locally, a lot of the other things between candidates of different parties, there doesn't seem to be as much difference philosophically. Would you say that's a accurate description? Mm, For the most part. Yeah. You know, but the Democrats would never admit that because they have to use scare tactics to keep black people beholden to their party. You know, we deliver elections for them that we never get any return on investment from them. You don't see any African-Americans inside the Democratic Party in any significant roles of leadership. Um, in 2016, after it was released, you know, what Debbie Wasserman Schultz had done um, trying to stop Bernie from being able to be the nominee at the convention. I remember being incredibly insulted. They changed the entire convention platform. And they dragged out every black woman besides me and Cicely Tyson on that stage because they had to make sure they secured their base because they knew that they like they rely on us. You they don't ever start coming. You had Tom Steyer with um Juvenile. Yeah, Tom Steyer with the backing his ass up. Yeah. He's a mess. I mean, but <laughs> a mess. And right, then, right. you know, Bernie Sanders just broke public enemy up. I'm still upset about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, I don't even understand my man Chuck D. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand it either. Well, I don't understand it okay. either. Okay, I, I do want to comment on that. Okay, we did let's a, we comment. Did, we did a we did a segment on that. At least the public story is that Flavor Flav that wasn't the reason why Flavor Flav was kicked out. It, it was like it was something regarding a Sankofa event that he didn't show up for. Just so the they, timing they, of it. They have been beefing for the last ten years because Chuck and Griff been playing with Flav's money. Okay, but let's I don't. What clear. I don't understand right. why they even at his. Doing anything for Bernie Sanders? That's what I'm not. Good. Well, I mean, you know, I don't that, care that, about that's Flav. The, yeah, that's that's and their Flav, thing. And what Flav wanted was that Bernie wanted to use Flav's clock, like 
and his imagery was being used in the um, advertising for the rally. Right. And Flav was simply saying, don't include me in that and don't use what is, you know. Yeah, this is synonymous with me. Synonymous with me, with me right. because I'm not in support of this. That doesn't mean that he doesn't believe in voting or any of the stuff that Chuck said. Like, it was just, you know, I'm, I'm 39 years old. I grew up with hip hop. Like music is my religion more so than Chuck any denomination. And I flavor flavor. I just I'm really saddened. I, I was too. I mean, I'm sad. Yeah. We were thinking like that's the line that you're gonna do it on. Like he was Over on flavor Bernie and Sanders? love. He was like there's there's a lot of stuff that you could have been like, you're not really representing, you know, what we're about. But something with Bernie Sanders. But watching but it now, play now. out on Twitter, you know, and them right. going back and forth at each other, it's just like it's too much. It's heartbreaking. It it's is. like watching siblings fight, you it know. Is. Or or your uncles. You know, right. your uncles that you grew up and you looked at and look and they fighting over. And it's the precipice is a, a old white man. <laughs> a septuagenarian. Yes. The Jewish, the Jewish man Jewish that's trying white to convince black folks that he is who a says socialist. we should not get reparations. Let's let, let me let me go down on um Birdie Matt. So <laughs> I don't I don't even understand why um Brittle Bernie is. Brittle, Brittle Bernie. Yeah. That, is that what you call yeah, him? Yeah, Brittle Bernie Matt. Little Brittles. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why they worry about little brittles. So I can't see brothers like that fussing over in the precipice. All of this is little brittles. Really? I don't understand it. I don't even know why they're there. Flavor Flav, none of them should be at anything with Bernie. Well, Flav wasn't in. Well, Flav wasn't in it. Actually, they fired him, right? I mean, the day before. I'm going to stop my man's bag. The, the day before it was, he has a year to get it together or he'll be out. And then the next day, he was just out. And I'm like, hmm. yeah, I don't like You this. know the things that Flav have done? Like you said, right. Flav of love. You know the <laughs> stuff he's been on? I mean, it's a whole other generation that knows about him. him but now yeah, they don't even they don't know. know Public Enemy. It's a whole other generation that only knows him as a reality TV you're star. You're right. You're right. Some of them don't even know that he no. was <laughs> was in yeah. Public Enemy. That's the truth. Yeah, yeah, it's people that discovered Public Enemy because of him. Right. Yep. Yeah, and this is the thanks he gets. <laughs> <laughs> we all angry at this table. Okay, we yes. on the same yeah. page. Yeah, I was like, I can't even believe this, and this is for Brittle Bernie. Okay. She's like, she sounds like Trump over here with these nicknames, don't she? I'm not, I need I to mean, name listen. them all. <laughs> they all do. I'm the Republican now. I don't mind. <laughs> Say whatever you want. Say well, I'm independent you. and I don't see any, right now, what we have for quality candidates is a problem. I just really think so. Biden, Brittle Bernie, Busted Biden, Brittle Bernie, Taken Trumpy. We all have a problem. Well, a year ago, before I even knew which Democrats or how many Democrats were going to be running, mm -hmm. it was clear that the Democrats had no strategy. They don't. They never seem to, other than to They're going to lose exploit. this election. They're going to lose this election. They're going to lose this election. But they would lose it. I knew they were going to lose the election when they lost it in 16. Mm. Um, the only way they don't lose is Corona and his... And it's going to tear him down. That's the only way I can see that will walk him down is, is this virus and the way that they're responding to this virus and people dying. When people start dying, it's going to change the, the game. So that's the only way it's going to unravel Trump. dead people for huh? coronavirus to stop him from winning re-election. I'm telling you. It's I'm gonna, talking corona will the, be his undone. the thousands. Mm -hmm. And that is unforeseeable. No. Wow. Just just buckle up. We survived I, these four years. We're going to make it through number four. We survived. No, we, I just don't we gonna, understand how. If we, anybody going to be all right, it's black folks. Okay. Well, we're going to be fine. We done survived a whole bunch worse. That's what Kendrick said, right? 
We gonna, gonna be, be all right. right. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> we are gonna be all right. But I just don't understand how we could digest this type of leadership, this type of idiocy. You don't remember W. This type of maliciousness. Oh, you and hear what you, you hear what you said? You don't remember W. <laughs> He's a mess too. He's a mess, but I take him over this mess. Mm, that's a that's a, history has been kind to him because of Donald Trump. <laughs> because of Donald, Donald Trump has helped W. Bush. Real talk. His legacy. His legacy. Trumpy has helped him, but he was horrible. But Trumpy is worse than horrible to me. Well, as far as the impact goes, mm-hmm. uh, you could argue that the situation in Iraq and everything around that was all about has destabilized the, the entire, like, you know what I'm saying? That the world. It, it caused like mass migration. And that's it why his, his father Syria. would it's never like, go there. His father was adamant about not going into Iraq. H.W. Um, was a phenomenal president that I feel like I wish history had been kinder to. And being honest in the difference between I him and like his father. You go ahead, sis, but I didn't like the pappy neither. The box. I didn't edit. like Bill Clinton. Both Reagan. I didn't Clinton. like Bill Clinton. Listen, I can go like, through them all. None of them. I didn't like none of them. I mean, you look Reagan, at where we Bush, are now. Clinton, Palmer. NAFTA killed American. Goes, if I say Obama, they gonna kill me. NAFTA killed mm-hmm. American industry. When we decided we were too good to make anything anymore, we went from a country that had over 25,000 plants, different kinds of industrial plants, to less than 2,500 in the course of 10 years. So when you go in these rural areas, like um, in the Bible Belt, where people are talking about they don't have jobs, it's because Bill Clinton sold them all to India. And now they have an emerging economy, Venezuela. It's because we don't make anything anymore. Absolutely. And we have to return to making things, you know, so. So you think that a country as te- as movable as the United States, the technology that we we have harnessed and the way that the, the trajectory of how they want to be the, the head of the superpowers can go back to in- industry? Uh, bridges are still falling. Yes. I mean, I'm we, asking. We need massive infrastructure. Okay. Well, it won't matter. The technology ain't going to be able to save us from the bridge collapsing while we're on it. You've, you know, we've seen this across the country. It happened in Minneapolis. It's, it's happened in parts of Maryland. Um, I mean, we still got to take care of infrastructure regardless. I'm talking about industry. But that is an industry. It that's is a low-level infra- labor it, job. It is. It and is. And we have to return. But we have to do that. We have to fix bridges. We have to fix roads. But we're not. But I'm talking about we're not making shirts. We're not making cups. Why not? I mean, like, to, like say a China or like a. Um, we're, we're not a manufacturing country anymore. Person, anymore, that's what I'm saying. So, do you think a country that possess what we're doing now can revitalize a manufacturing movement in Absolutely. this? Absolutely. Tu- okay. Absolutely, and I can. We can start here in Baltimore, and I'll show the rest Let's of the talk country about how it. to do it because we're the largest port on the Eastern Seaboard. Okay. Um, Tell so me how we could do it. It's about what we make. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that. Was about key to my campaign in 2011 and still is now is what can be made in Baltimore. And we have all kinds of creatives here. So there's an opportunity to mass produce anything anybody wants to dream of. And we have the, the export capability to get it anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Why have Amazon here if we don't have things that are being sold via Amazon? There's a you have office, there's books. So it's, when we think about making things, mm-hmm. it could be. Food products, right? Mm-hmm. The Food Network been on for, what, 15, 20 years now? Mm-hmm. We have a multitude of chefs. We have restaurants that have brought in five-star um, chefs 
this is a tourist attraction for sure. what we have. So we're talking about everything that comes out of that industry. Plates, ceramics. Why should Food Network be the only people making it? When we have, we're sitting in a mica building. We have the second greatest art school in the country, according to the list. It's next to Pratt in Brooklyn, right? You doing a camera, Sister Bird? Come let's, on, come on let's, in it. Let's make some things yeah. and sell them I to the this. world. You thought this out. I like that. Because the we have a tremendous I like what you're saying because of course we are a water seaport. And when you're a seaport, you can uh, you can support any ship that come, you can support that. Absolutely. Most places can't support that. So you said we have the avenues to take it out to the world, which mm-hmm. we do. And we have the infrastructure. I think we can handle some some manufacturing. We have people who need jobs around this zone. Exactly. And when they got rid of the the steel, they left a, a dearth. Right. In Baltimore City. I, I just got here then, and it, but it was not good. Right. When um, Bethlehem Steel, right? Right. So the descendants of those folks are not working. My daddy worked at the docks at Bethlehem Steel to pay for him to get to University of Baltimore. Wow. Through college. Look at that. Um, You know, and uh, for whatever reason, you know, we just didn't think about that anymore. We didn't think about what, what do we do to fill that void. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people, it became the post office or Social Security. Sure. Sure. Um, sure. You know, they just federal, moved around. Yeah, yeah, federal job security. Federal job security. But you know, I believe that my generation more than any is the first one to say, you know, we don't just want jobs; we want support to start our own businesses so we can hire our own. Uh, and that so uh, investing in entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. changing what that looks like from a support mechanism as a policymaker. Sure. Right. Those things are very, very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Made in Baltimore store on North Avenue mm-hmm. that everything in there is, is a product made by someone here in Baltimore. Wow. It's funded through BDC, Baltimore Development Corporation. But we could expand that um, and support even more makers and, right. and things of that nature and have a Made in Baltimore store in every quadrant of the city if we wanted to. Have you, inter- have you interfaced at all with OpenWorks over on Greenmount? Mm-hmm. You know how OpenWorks got there? Yeah. Because Martin O'Malley tried to sell that whole block to the Chinese, and he almost got away with it. <laughs> if it hadn't been for the meddling kids, right? Look, <laughs> really? And I, I would have got away story. with it if I he hadn't. went and brought a whole delegation. He was about to sell half of Greenmount Avenue to the Chinese, and the governor found out in just the nick of time, and so the land ended up sitting there. And then Jubilee Charlie Duff got it, and they built Open Works and City Arts. The Mixed use um, artist space mm-hmm, living. Mm-hmm. It was always intended to be for artists, but we wasn't going to own it. It was going to be Chinese folks. Mm-hmm. I live broadcasting from there on the, when he had brought the delegation. Mm-hmm. I know somewhere in these here internets, because nothing has ever really gone from the web, there's a podcast of it. <laughs> really? Yes. See, the stories you don't know. <laughs> and I've been there for a It's a beautiful sp- space, but um, oh, yeah, ain't a lot it, of it Africans didn't look in like there. that. Um, this I ain't seen no been, bunch of Africans, but it's this beautiful. This must have been about 2002, maybe? Maybe 2001. Because that's where that Yellow Bowl spot is down there. All of that area is like so blighted. Yeah, this was a mayor O'Malley. This wasn't a governor O'Malley. Yeah, I this is before say, he was governor. Yeah, yeah. so I want to say this was like Probably second term. 2003. And then it got caught and it didn't go through. It didn't thankfully. go through. Mm. Um, because you know, people talk about the Chinese being in Africa. They've been there. They've oh, been there. They've been they everywhere. They everywhere. They everywhere. Right? Because they have. Listen, when you uh, in industry like China is, 
you're going to be able to make money. When you're making the goods that China's putting out in the world, you have a way of hustling. You're hustling. Yeah, I mean, well, they're also, you know, using slave labor and inhumane tactics. That's true. But I believe we can make things in Baltimore so America, and show the rest in of, other ways. In other ways. But we I believe we can make things ethically. Sure. Uh, and and do so. So no fake cabbage? No. No fake shrimp? No. Mm. No. So it seems like economic development is a big a big plank on your your platform. Yeah, well, that's Absolutely. what we want to hear, the platform. We have, we've had, this is a majority black city that's had six black mayors and no generational wealth plan for black people. It's mm-hmm. unacceptable. Uh, and so you build generational wealth um, through ownership, right? And legacy. Before I ran for mayor, I ran for judge of the orphans court because I used to be in the states and trust um, paralegal. And we don't even understand the, 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 the probate process. I tell people I'm running for judge of the orphans court. They go ask me what I'm going to do for the children. That is not what the orphans court is for. <laughs> there are no children. That's at social services. Right, right, right. Right. Really, but when you hear orphans, it's the first thing you think of. Is right. So I, all of my campaigns are about education. The reason the orphans court is called the orphans court, because when it was created, women weren't allowed to own property. It was to protect air property for mm. the sons of men who died in war. Really? Yes. Because the country is... Look, sexism runs deeper than racism. That's straight education right there. I uh, did not know that. <laughs> the Orphan's Court. It's named the Orphan's Court because it was created uh-huh. to protect the property for the, the sons if they were children or minors mm-hmm. until they became of age. Their fathers died in war because women couldn't own property. Because women couldn't own property. So they want to make sure that it goes to another male. Yes. Really? Yes. These isms in this country, they are deep. <laughs> well, sexism is global. Well, I'm you know, just, King yeah. James rewrote the Bible because right. he was mad at his first wife. Yeah, I'm clear. So that's right. how we got the King James version. Oh, Listen, <laughs> you dropping jewels today, sis. Yeah, I'm t- real talk. <laughs> yeah, so you're you're right. Mm, mm. So the orphans court. Did you know that too? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that so one, that one blew my little even stack. if you don't have a will, and you know, say your grandmother passes, mm-hmm. you can still go open the estate to have an accurate assessment of what her assets and liabilities were, and then get the court to you know, grant you ownership of whatever assets she may have. It's called dying intestate. So uh, people think sometimes if they don't have a will that they don't have any way to get to the, to their air property, but that's not the case at all. In any state? In any state. Hmm. Drop it. <laughs> Drop it, Sister Bird. These, we need, listen, our people need this type of education. Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely need it because there's a lot of things we don't know. I'm not very um, privy to the political process. I'm learning a lot this because I'm very interested in it now um, because I, I just think Baltimore is in such a crisis and we need great leadership. We we do responsible need responsible leadership, responsible transparent leadership. leadership. And also one that is genuinely for Baltimore and not for themselves. Yes. You we know, need a servant. I have a, a I, I sit on these these panels on these forums and I listen and Everyone's not here with the same intention in their spirit. Some of them are here for the interests of outside corporate interests that have money invested in Mm -hmm. Baltimore. You know, I'm born and raised here. And just the black businesses that my family supported as a child that were a part of my day-to-day life no longer exist in West Baltimore. They're Mm. either blight or they've been completely torn down and something else is there. We don't have no legacy. 
No legacy. No. And then I have these children that I brought into the world that I'm responsible for, right? And I don't have anything to leave them. So for me, it's about saving what's left of West Baltimore because ain't no more East Baltimore for Hopkins to gentrify. This is gone, right? These black folks. <laughs> and they're in, still trying. These to black them. folks are in Harford County now. Yep. They've been displaced. And gone. I believe you can do development without displacement. And that's what's my West Baltimore Revitalization Act on my website is so about. development without displacement. displacement. It, and it's possible. And it's been done before. Okay. Um, Can you give us a little example of that, please? Sure. So on my website, the West Baltimore Redevelopment Act, first and foremost, has a 65% quota of black developers. Uh, when you talk about building generational wealth, we have mm-hmm. to be intentional about, about who we allow yeah. to get contracts and access to the resources that create wealth. So any development that happens in West Baltimore, um, black contractors and developers are the criteria. 65%. Old, 65%. Okay. Um, I've also put a cap. And, that, and that's kind of based on population. Is it, Was that number arrived at, at because of the population We're distribution? We're about 68%. No. Or it, it was just. It, I like the number. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. more than 50%. Right, gotcha. Because, you know, when we have conversations percent. about And we're like equity, 68% of the population. That's pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when you talk about equity, you know, mm-hmm. if you've been at the bottom so long, it's not going to take an equity bill. Right. You're not going to ever you get gotta it. You got to have a little more. You right. have to have radical, right. intentional, yes. over-investment to right. even get close to right. leveling the yeah, playing field. Yeah, 50-50 won't do. Just exactly. So yeah, you yeah. 65. So yes. that's what 65 came for because I'm like at 85. But you good. <laughs> you good, sis? <laughs> yeah, see. No, you know the white yeah, they, 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 yeah, they're not going for they, that. They're not yeah, going they're for like, that. That's discrimination. I, look, I would do 100%, yeah, but they've like been called the ACLU on me so fast. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. yeah. They they, you do that, they pull your card. Yes. They pull the same card you pulling. I don't Race want Miss Dana calling me. Yeah, so 65% <laughs> of blacks, contractors. Yeah. That's, that's what's up. Okay. And, and so, you know, and just also Baltimore has this history of like this beautiful architecture mm-hmm. that was emulated around the country. Um, so for some of the development I've asked, you know, to do facade, to do the, the to maintain the facade. So facade improvements. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but do the work on the inside. Sure, sure. But let's, let's, because let's, let's everything we build now look alike. Everything look like it was built with Legos. I don't know whose architecture this is, but it's ugly. Right. <laughs> and I don't care <laughs> She for said it. it's ugly. <laughs> Everything is square yes. and steel and because glass or gray. Or that's these, a real round. Gray, square. That's it. It's ugly. Well, and it is not indicative of no my swag. city. It don't have no color. It is not indicative of my city. And it is an insult to its history. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them how you really feel. I just don't like it. I okay. don't like it. And you're right. You see this new development or you see like um, art, new architecture and it's gray, green. It's boxy. You know, with windows, it has it's, no character. It, they all look alike you, in a lot of ways. It's it's modernized, in other words. So, it's ugly. Um, but I think what we saw hundreds of years ago was actual handwork, and they thought about it, and they use they use different angles. Yes. You know, round was a big thing, and 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 twirls. I'm looking at the, the the facades out here, just through the window. Like, it's amazing. 
and it's and it's jobs. Mm-hmm. There you, you know, go. because I know woodworkers. Mm-hmm. I know people that know how to repair French doors. Some of those older houses in West Baltimore have French doors that separate the living room and the dining yeah. room. That when one comes off the track, and I. I so I still have a lot on. of friends who are realtors, even though <laughs> I don't do it. I had a huge one, but it wouldn't let that thing get down. It's so heavy. So my question is, though, when you're saying like um, with that platform and rebuilding Baltimore, will they be receptive to like, because these industries is the reason why we see this box housing, because they make it all in a factory. You know what I'm saying? It all comes one, on a truck. And, and all they're doing is put it together like it Legos. Together. Exactly. So houses are going up half the time. They're not, to me, not as efficient as they should be. But the industry calls for this type of housing. So are they, again, want to go back to more of a manual type of building a house? Woodworking, adornments. You, you, I believe you, that when you incentivize things, mm-hmm. people are more receptive because they like what they're going to get out of it, Got right? It. So one of the other things on my uh, on my platform is my intergenerational. Um, I love that. My thing. intergenerational well living tax, yeah, right? Tax, tax. Credit. tax credit. So if you put three generations in one home, mm-hmm. right, we will re- the city will redeem the ground rent for you. Mm. But the key is, and you'll get a tax break. Um, for 10 years. Okay. The key is that you have to agree to sign a life estate deed when you purchase it. Okay. And the reason is so that you cannot, no one in your family can sell the house. It is the beginning of building generational So you're making wealth. legacy. Yeah. Yeah. When your children are born, mm-hmm. they will own something. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. We just have to apply some things to our community and our culture that we haven't been, but sure. are not foreign concepts. Sure. Right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And so... The, um, that intergenerational piece is really big for me because my mother retired from New York um, and lives now on land that's been in our family for 220 years. My wow. children own property right now, and so do their children. They have had none. You mm, see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so the legacy is already sp- we yeah. can do that here in Baltimore. But let me ask a question about that. You said three generations have to live in a house, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know we have a dissemination of our families. We do. We our families have been disseminated. So is it the projection of of even having three different generations something that can that actually can be can happen? Because yeah, because I, you know our two most vulnerable don't populations have three generations because our families are disseminated. Well, because we. Displace them and sp- split up community. But also, I'm talking about like death. You know, you what know, is de- this death? Because we've had a lot of and death it, it, in our families. Drugs. You, you get what I'm saying? Prison, Chem- prison, yeah. chemicals. It's so many things that's decimated. So many layers on our families. Right. Will we a- Will we be able to have three generations? Can it just be a generation there and you start a life? We can have three generations and it solves some problems that are issues in Baltimore. So when I ran in 2011, Baltimore was rated the second worst city by Men's Health Magazine in June of 2011 to raise a child. And the reason was the number of um, children that the Department of Social Services returned to abusive and toxic homes. That was almost 10 years ago. So our two most vulnerable populations, you look at what's going on in the news right now, are our children and our seniors. Mm-hmm. Right? Seniors don't want to be in these buildings. They don't feel safe in these senior buildings. Just in the last month alone, we've had two seniors killed in their own apartments in their senior oh, building. I know. Right? Scary. And seniors love kids. So, and the, the other place that we see 
the 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 um disparities and the abuses happening and then the daycare centers. Right? So if yes. you put the seniors and the children in the home, the seniors can watch the children mm-hmm. while the, the parent and or child, you know, mm-hmm. can go to work. It there's more that way they have more than one income. The senior most likely gets you're disability about the or retirement. That's the village. But right we there. have to rebuild the village because the village been gone. But I'm like I'm saying with my family, like my mother's mother died when she was a kid, mm-hmm. and my father. Both of their, their parents were gone when they were children. Mm-hmm. So we never had this generation thing that you're having. You're saying you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like my grandfather left a legacy for his children, but he was dead when my father was a baby. Okay, my, my grandfather Pat. My I, I only met one grandmother. In my whole life. I only met one of my grandfathers because my father's father died when my dad was 12. Yeah. So, you know, these, so I'm saying like from our legacy of our families, mm-hmm. just, it has nothing to do with pre this murder thing we're going through. Right. Like just oppression, <laughs> you know, um, lifestyle and our families mm-hmm. were decimated earlier. So to it'd be hard for for me to have a three generations in one house because I didn't have it but, at the beginning of my life. But you're also thinking about it in terms of like direct I'm saying it could be your aunt and not your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Just there'll be a you threshold understand. for a certain saying. era. Yes, yes, you know, yes. So that there's three, three generations. Okay, got you. What you're saying you're trying represent. to foster the village. Yeah, your time trying to foster legacy. Yeah, and you need different generations to get that Absolutely. done. Absolutely. Yeah, because you need an older person to be there, give wisdom to the younger Absolutely. ones. Absolutely. And also be there as a presence. Yes. You know that's I see the problem with the lack of respect we have for the elderly mm-hmm. is because we put them away. We put them away. And and that is not an African movement. That's European. Mm-hmm. We have never put our people in homes. That, actually, only nursing homes are here. <laughs> there's, no, there's no nursing homes in Africa. Right. There's no nursing homes in other countries. That's that's a European Absolutely. construct. Absolutely. Like time. Right. <laughs> like time. Absolutely. Talk. You know, so. <laughs> so, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. And that, and that would change the game. I mean, I, I can't talk about the issues and not have a, a plan to try to change create a solution. And I, lo- and I love that solution <laughs> because we have forgot what family is. Mm-hmm. We have forgot what community is. And mm-hmm. it comes first from what's indigenous to you. So, you know, the family that you're born in. Right. That's what you start your first community with. Right. And then that family insists that you be community with other people outside. That's your parents, your grandparents. Because they had they had um, structures and rules. Right. You're not going to mess this neighborhood up. You're not going to embarrass us, first of all. Right. You know, it was a lot of things in play that I had to deal with that these young people have never even had to think about. Well, my kids did. Well, because I, I make you it real clear. Sister, Don't be out here in these streets acting a fool, okay? Because I will pull up on you. You know your mama crazy. Real talk. Don't make me have to go we don't. That's right. We don't want <laughs> you, know? you on channel. Five. And and they and you know <laughs> and they know the deal. But you know what else? When when one of the things that really breaks my heart is mm-hmm. the way that we've criminalized adolescent behavior and the way that they speak of our children. Yes. And I know for a fact that some of these kids want that. They want that strength. They want that wisdom. Mm-hmm. All of my oldest son, all of my son's friends call me mom. You know, mm. in his friend a group of friends, he has um one who both parents are deceased due to drug addiction mm. um, and was raised by his grandparents who don't come from the same old school that I do. Got it. Right? So they're more modernized. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, they have an, he has another friend where, you know, his dad's been in prison for his whole life. He doesn't know him. Um, but they are drawn to me. Got like it. Like even when my son's not home, 
they might call me and ask, can they come talk to me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They need that nurturing. And I make that space. Yes. And I, and they are more excited. <laughs> the, the friends of my son are more excited about this race than my kids, except for my baby. Because she the one who has there. it are the ones who never love it. You know, and so, <laughs> yeah, but so like, they all my is. kids now. It's that's just, a beautiful thing. They're teenagers. They eat me out of house and home. <laughs> But they're safe. Yes. They're in the house. The way we... I might not feel like hearing all that club music and all that jumping around and dancing that they do, but I'd rather them be doing it under my roof. I I agree. Than out here in the street, possibly influenced by the wrong thing or just at the wrong place at the wrong time because these bullets don't know no names, you know? Yeah. And, and so... I just... It's fine. Because we've digested white fragility. We've digested that and now we... Now... So it impacts us, and we're regurgitating it out and projecting and we, it on our children. Yeah, we're scared. Of, we're scared of our own children. So our, every their little behaviors, because young men hang in packs. Mm-hmm. They're like wolves. Mm-hmm. They come together. They're not really. They're not married yet. They're just looking for girls. They hang together. Mm-hmm. So when you see them six, seven deep, that's what young men do. Right. It's nothing negative about that. That is their community. That's where they feel safe. Don't nobody mind when it's six, seven white boys in Fed Hill. They never care about that. Or or Canton. Or Canton. Or, or in the mall point. in Fells Point. Or when I see them coming out of um, Friends School or, Mon- or any Montessori. These, yeah, mm-hmm. Montessori. When, they, when a group of white girls are together, it's no problem. The problem is, is white fragility and white fear. That's really where and all And allowing the, bullet- the narrative. To, for, to, to fester. For fester, for the criminalization of adolescent absolutely, behavior. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why the squeegee boy thing is such a thing. It all starts in the fragility, fragility of the dominant population. And we as black people have to do better. We got to protect our children. We need First of all, we got to find avenues where they don't have to squeegee. Yes, they are doing it, but if they are doing it, support them. But those avenues Roll your window down already. and get them dollars. You get know, them a dollar. It's funny, like, um, Fox never covers me. But that forum where we met. yes where I said the white meth panhandlers, they used that clip, right? But I was frustrated in that moment because- But it's the truth. Yeah, but I could have phrased it differently. Probably. Um, But I don't think you should ever apologize for your words. I was frustrated because we get the same questions at all of these forums, right? And Mm -hmm. and I was about sick of being asked about squeegee kids because the the, the answer already exists, right? Kim Mm -hmm. Trueheart and her organization- has trained them in landscaping. And when the contract came up on the board of estimates, Jack pulled it. Yep. There you go. My another, like I said, I be out here. I know what people doing. I don't have to run everything or start fresh on day one as mayor because I know who's doing the work authentically and effectively and in a sustainable way. Give Kim the resources that she needs give those that first cohort that she's trained give them that a landscaping job. contract yes. and then give her a pathway to be able to continue to train more yes true my friends adrian harper and michael scott also work with another group of squeegee kids they turn help them um start a business selling bottled waters mm-hmm. you can buy the water by a case i saw the water but it's a, it's a little pricey but i saw the water it's a little pricey uh, i'm like bruh why I'm, they do that to the... It's, it's like you set the young men up to fail. No. Huh. Who's going to buy that? White folks. Okay. White folks. How much is a case? I think it's like $24, $25 for the case. A water, bro. But you get a case. It's not... I'm not talking about a six-pack. I'm t- <laughs> I was like... I go get case of 64. Listen. I, I'm going to be clear. We can scale. But, but if you are out... 
You ain't got your 64 bottles of water in the car with you. You out. It's it's a convenience thing. No, they want them to buy the case. Oh. Yeah, they're not selling the better ones. Now, if they said, what I think they should do, if it is that, they should sell them the case by the ones, set them up on the corner, let them sell the case by the ones. What do you think? They do that in the summer. In the summer, right? But then you can buy a case yourself. So, I, okay. I love all of this. But like, they're but trying the, to do but the, 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 the squeegee the boys are the only ones who are who are needy in the city. They're needy. We got young girls that are not working, who are running around. You know, they're, they're not being authentic to themselves. They Everything's fake on their bodies. I, we need a lot to do with our children. And it's not just the squeegee boys. It's, it's not just young girls. It's all of them. And, you know, that's another frustration of mine. Everybody's mentoring group is for boys. But that's because what are we doing? my what brother's do you- my brother's keeper initiative created a lot of funding for through Obama's administration for boys for boys. Mm-hmm. But for the last fifteen years, the rising population and in both the juvenile is women and in adult prison is women is women. Yeah, um, two you know, times so, men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And so again, it's just always coming back to the data. Yeah, and what it projects. Okay, because I'm calling an election. Well, I'm concerned for the direction of, of my community mm-hmm. and my people. You know, it, you got to look at the data and, and take the emotions out of it and sure. use your critical thinking skills. Sure. I'm very emotional and passionate about my city. Mm-hmm. But also when I come to the table to do the work, mm-hmm. it's from a critical thinking, ethical and logical lens. Got it. Got it. I got it. And, and I love that. So if say you elected mayor, right? Mm-hmm. And you know the state that this cities in, what would be one of the first things that you implement? Well, my first day on the job, I need to have a conversation with Delegate Stephanie Smith and Delegate Will Smith. No relation. Because when you win on November 3rd, you are sworn on the second week of December and the legislative session starts in the first week of January. So I need to meet with the chair of the Baltimore City Delegation and the chair of JPR down in Annapolis, Will Smith, uh, of Montgomery County because I need to JPR, make sure tell me what that is. judicial proceeding proceedings. So okay, most of the, the the legislation that we bring from Baltimore to change things has to Goes come through, through JPR. G- has to come through JPR. Okay. Um, Bobby Zirkin used to kill my domestic violence bill every year. He's now stepped down. Will Smith has taken his place. I have a relationship with Will, um, just thing. as I do Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And so I have every faith in the world that they're not going to play party. And mm-hmm. they're going to come to, because I know these people, you mm-hmm. know, so I need to make sure the Baltimore delegation understands what my legislative agenda and goals are mm-hmm. on day one, because session is going to be starting and I'm going to be at City Hall and won't be able to come to Annapolis every day, you know, but if we're on the same page from the get go, it'll make everything more streamlined. I love that. Uh, mm. <laughs> It's just about timing, mm-hmm. you know. Because you're saying the legislative session is about to start. A, I have to be at City Hall, 100 Holiday city. Street, exactly, and work with my council prayerfully. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be working with some of my friends that are running very contested primaries now, mm-hmm. um, and that they persevere and prevail on April 28th. But regardless of who I have to work with, and I don't like all the candidates, but I'm gonna work with anybody I have to. You sure, see what I sure, mean? Sure, because sure. This is about getting results and getting it right for Baltimore. Um, It's not an ego thing for me. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, one of my least favorite council people is running uncontested. He's guaranteed to be in the council whether I win or not. Who will that be? Can we? Uh, His name is Eric Costello. He is the councilman in the 11th district. He is one of the people that contributes to the narrative. District 11. That criminalizes our children. Step up. You, that criminalizes, but he doesn't have an opponent. Well, that's won. what I'm saying. This he doesn't have an opponent this time, but 
we have to change that. Yes. Eric Costello has to go. Yes. I said it. District 11, he's a problem. He's been a problem. This ain't new. So you can check out the, the, the you check out, just check him out and it'll all come up. Just follow <laughs> so, his post. Just follow what he do. So you know, what I'm saying is for, for African people, we got to step up in just District 11 and harvest a candidate, a candidate that can um, be successful and viable and run against this guy. I tried. I tried we, so hard. We, we got to do this. I really did. I cannot believe he's uncontested. <laughs> I did not know that. I, was, I know he's a mess though. I I'm was clear. so disgusted. I, I'm disgusted. <laughs> I was um, talking about it on Twitter the other day with a friend of mine. It's just like, I don't know how this But it's happened. because Baltimore sleep. And, uh, and and what we do, and I see a lot of wokeness going on. It's really changing. There's some things changing. And I think The that, wokes need to take a nap. They got sleep deprivation and fatigue, okay? <laughs> some of the woke, you're right. <laughs> I love it. They need a nap. They need a nap. They too woke. They too. For their own good. Oh, They you delirious. See? Make your children go to bed at night. Make yourself take a nap. (laughs) He said two walk, Lord. Sister Bird, what you done brought in here today? (laughs) (laughs) But we do need something. Eric Costello can't go uncontested. No. I mean, it's too late now. It's past the filing deadline. I know it's too late. It's it's too late, but we just, we definitely can't continue to let this go on. It just can't continue. It's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Um, And one thing in Baltimore is I don't know how to get people to vote. I don't, I, but I would like to, to, like in these off years, before we ha- we are on our way towards a primary, you know what I mean, Sister Byrne, right. that we start having, I don't know, block pies or something to get the people out to vote. What is it? What can we do? What we do in Baltimore, unfortunately, is a whole bunch of voter registration and not enough voter mobilization. Yes. Um, How do we mobilize them and get them to the poll? I think, and I said this on air before, and, and G said it's not going to happen. Voting should be a national holiday. Oh, I agree. If you are a democratic nation and you feel that everyone should have the right to vote, then people should be able to get off, be paid, and vote for who, and, and and do their civic well, duty. Well, it's so funny. So, there's but he a, said there's different um, votes in different states, and I get it, that. There's a filmmaker who um, I met at Green Street Academy. Okay, who liked me so much, he's now doing a documentary. Excellent. On the race, but kind of like me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were having coffee, trying to like, you know, set up our production schedule, when he's going to come film, what he's going to film. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me about politics in the Philippines, which I don't follow like international politics. I know, you know. So he's Filipino. No, he's from Baltimore, this guy. Is he? But he did, he, he did a documentary in the Philippines. Wow. And he, what he was telling me that I thought was so interesting is that elections are held on Sundays in the Philippines. Mm. All bars and any place that sells alcohol are closed the day before and the day of the election. So everybody is sober mm-hmm. and off work. And it's their Sabbath. I think instead of trying to turn it into a national holiday, maybe we should consider amending the Constitution. I mean... Most people don't realize it, but elections are on Tuesdays because that's part of the U.S. Constitution. They're, mm-hmm. they're on which Tuesday it is is dictated by the framework of the country. I but we could amend you. that. I told that I listen. I'm down for that. I'm down that for Sunday Sunday. right there. That sounds correctly on Saturday. No drinking. So everybody, it becomes now the focal point. But then now you have equity, and you can't manipulate like you want to. And and the majority population will have a problem with that. Because the manipulation of the vote and people having access to voting. Because mo- a lot of young women are working. 
They single mothers. They don't have no time to vote. You know, a lot not of regular Tuesday people, afternoon. not on Tuesday, you know, a lot of people have things to do. So they should really think about making it either a national holiday, like you said, on the Sabbath, since they we Christians. Listen, you Christian, well, then box up. Go vote, then go, go. shout. And, shout, and the, vote, vote, shout. Shout, shout. Whatever, however whatever you want to do, do it. Then come, right. yeah, and then come, <laughs> you know, do something that everyone has the viability to, to do their civic duty. So I like you in agreement with that. Yep. CJ, somebody agree with me. I mean, <laughs> well, let me. I just wanted to. My challenge <laughs> to that was just the fact that I'm not a huge fan of federal government power over every low. Every, you know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. But you trust don't, local politicians? No, 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 no. I don't. Uh. It's, it's, I don't. I don't trust that. The active what, Whatever. No. Whatever. Whatever issue or whatever concern that it is in any given era, in any given area, area mm-hmm. I don't necessarily trust the federal level to be able to address that. Just as a philosophical thing. Okay. So well, anytime let me, somebody- Let me bring some context to where you and your brain went outside, right? I love it. They were so afraid of Barack Obama, who at the time was still saying that he wasn't going to run for president. He was on a book tour and that he was going to rob Hillary of her turn, that they moved these primaries. There used to be a time where Super Tuesday was a national thing because we all they've been manipulating when we vote since 2008 trying to block the black men. And it didn't even work. But it's not. This is not how it's always been. How we see it right now. It was more uniform it was. from a federal level, and they started messing with it, trying to stop Barack Obama because he turned a book tour into a, a presidency. <laughs> but like this would be going back to from whence we came, is not manipulation on the federal level. It's the it, way it used to be. The way it used to be. Wow. That's that's <laughs> something we didn't know. So you're saying it was. Well, it has to be. When you call something Super Tuesday or Super something, that means you've included a lot of, a right. lot of stuff. Right, I mean, stuff. it's like 15 states, that, yeah. but, it, but there used to be more than that. It used to be more than and that. Maryland used to be, that. And Maryland used to be one of them. Wow. You know, we didn't, we used to vote. In Maryland, our primaries were in September and the election, the general election was in November. Because of what they did in 08 in presidential years, that's how we ended up having April. Wow. And then you get all of these months. With, yes. Because see, before it used to be your primary September, was in September and you had 60 days to make your case to get to get out of the general. Now we have months, which helps someone like me who has to spend a whole bunch of time trying to convince people that I'm not a scary Republican. Got it. Right. I got, got I got it. my field is longer. Now. But other people, it can hinder, you know. Right. But it's also how they time. it's also how they manipulate the erasure of the general election sure. to the benefit of Democrat that wins the primary. Got it. In gubernatorial years, same thing. We used to vote in September and then in November. Now our primary is in June. Got it. So you're saying what I think, that they can do anything Absolutely. that they want to do. And I'm Absolutely. clear about that. I watched because- the council give themselves an extra year in their first term. We Baltimore City's municipal elections used to be on an off election year. We used to vote. On a year where it was not presidential or or gubernatorial for city council for mayor and city council, mm-hmm. and then they used, aligned it. They aligned it with the presidential. We are the only jurisdiction in Maryland that does not have their municipal elections in the same year as the gubernatorial. It's a power play to manipulate outcomes for the Democratic establishment and the machine. Mm. 
presidential years have higher turnout than gubernatorial years. It's so amazing <laughs> how we make voting so democratic, but we steer it mm. and we put this in it. And this is why we can't do this. Voting is not really voting. It, it is a process of voting, but the application of it is whatever who's in power mm-hmm. thinks. And if the Democrats want a certain person, as we see on the federal level, what they did with Bernie, which I I didn't like him or her, so it didn't matter to me. I voted for Gary Johnson, the libertarian that uh, wanted to make weed legal. I, oh, yeah, it was somebody else I voted for, but it wasn't none of them. <laughs> um, so, but I, but it was somebody on the independent side, you know, mm-hmm. because some of them they have great platforms. It's, it's so unfortunate that they don't get the um, the amount of media. So I don't to say that we cannot change it. I know we can, but the quite I think that they will never change it. Because you can't that's, manipulate that's, that's as what, much. That's more what I mean. I didn't mean from like a legal standpoint or okay. I'm just saying that the political will for that isn't there. So in that case, there isn't the but incentives. Then you should elect somebody with some better wills. Well, well, the, the, well the incentives. <laughs> like that? Right. Well, the Get incentives, that will together, shawty. You're right. The incentives on the line for that as it stands now. Yeah, the, as it stands now. And 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 it shows that they keep manipulating how we vote and right. when we vote. And it allows certain people to get in. And I, I mean, we see it with Trump. Trump was helped the whole way. You know, the whole way. First, they didn't take him. They took him for granted. Then he just kept he just kept getting bigger and bigger. And it's amazing now that he's going to win again. What do you think? He's absolutely going to win again. He's absolutely but the media was complicit. The media is, is just as complicit as the Democrats in electing Trump. I mean, that was really a problem for me at WEAA, and I couldn't get them to understand it enough. You never saw a presidential campaign where the man didn't have to run a single commercial. It was the most, it was the smartest thing, and yet I'm so mad that people fell for it. He didn't right? spend his own money. He didn't have he said to. He didn't have to. All he had to do was make a tweet between 3 and 4 a.m. that says something crazy. Right. Mm. All news outlets start picking up wires. Those early producers and newsrooms and stuff get in between 430 and 5. Yeah. And it controlled the news cycle. It was all anybody was talking about. We are just as as media. Trump is a marketing genius monster. Genius. We talking about him on Black Box Radio about the bottom. Yeah. Everybody's talking about him. Trumpy is. But I mean, y'all ain't doing it every day. I mean, I I was on a daily show at WEAA. You see what I'm saying? Uh Where, and I was just on one show of the daily shows, but we had other daily shows, and I'm saying every single one was talking. Until Super Tuesday last week, I hadn't watched. Um, cable news since 2016 because it didn't matter what channel it was MSNBC, CNN, Fox everybody was talking about the same thing I said y'all don't even see what y'all doing Yep, they've made him what he is but he's good at manipulating them he's very good at it so that's why when people say Trump is a dummy he's not he's shrewd he knows what he's doing he's done it before and he's going to do it again yep but we'll be be ready. but we'll be ready we'll be all right. We'll be all right. We'll okay. be all right. We'll be all right. I don't know about this one. We We're going to be all right. I know that because we're survivors. We've survived everything that they thought. But mm-hmm. this guy, he's something. <laughs> he is something. So, all right. Um, the Republican thing we got down. So, we digesting that. That's a lot to digest, you know, with the Trump. I mean, thing. at the end of the day, when you take him out of the equation, because like I said, okay. he doesn't define conservatism for me. Okay. He was a Democrat till he hijacked the party I grew up in. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So, the things that... Are, Family values. We've talked about how to rebuild the village. Family mm-hmm. values are a conservative value. Fiscal accountability, mm-hmm. right? Nobody knows how to make a dollar stretch more than a single mother. 
Hmm. Right. We are we are inherently conservative hmm. as black people. Yes, that's true. Okay. True. We know how to can our beans and store yeah. for the winter because we've been we've had to, we've had to, to, to survive. We're traumatized people. Yes. And then there's the situation of smaller government. I truly believe in that. I don't. And that's like I said, I voted for Gary Johnson for president because he was the libertarian candidate that wanted to legalize weed. I don't think the government should be in the business of legislating people's vices. Let's make all drugs legal. Let's let's process and um, let's 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 you tax. make the perk legal. Sure. Yeah, because that would help the opioid crisis. Perk, perk, if, perk, 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 if all the drugs were coming through and had to be tested, then we'd know which ones had um, unsafe levels of fentanyl in them. Why not? Hmm. And tax it. So you can build the, the new 21st century schools faster oh, yeah. and get the kids out of Matthew Henson with the, um, with the floods and the heat. We have all these people on drugs legally to build schools. Well, what are we going to do? How I'm not legislating. If look, You see what I'm saying? How do we What I'm saying is that, that that's between you and your God, what you put in your body. It should not be up to me as the mayor or the governor or the president to tell you what you want to do for yourself. Okay. Now, whatever you're self-medicating for, Whatever that trauma is, we've got mental health professionals all throughout the city. Mm-hmm. Feel free to get some help. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, but and, it shouldn't be. And your, dr- and your drugs are going to pay for that help. Right. Yeah. But it shouldn't That's be. That's what's happening. Because, because, because we're taxing them. Yeah. Right. And regulating yeah. them. Yeah. I think sex work should be legal and regulated. We wouldn't have 60,000 missing women. That's true. But the strippers are going to come up. I'm not talking about strippers. You're talking about, you're talking about trafficking. I'm talking about actual sex workers. You're talking about I'm talking about making well, prostitution legal right, full, to yeah. protect you. women. You're right. Reduce the spread of disease. Yes. Because again, first of all, prostitution one of the oldest professions. One. I think one. B. In B. the world. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They still arguing, the, the theologians, whether or not Mary Magdalene was Jesus's wife or was she a prostitute. Right, because I'm I'm a fan of history. Trying to say that Jesus had a hoe. Yes, you ain't know that. There's been a discussion inside of the uh, but theology. Jesus, you never heard that. I ain't never know Jesus had. They were talking about Jesus having a hoe. Real talk, serious. So they had strippers back then. They had prostitutes. Cardi. They had prostitutes. I, I love me, it. I love me some Cardi. They me too. Them, I love my Cardi. Um, I love my Cardi. Called them harlots. Oh, so they called them. Oh, so they had a big long name. Holets. Harlot. Harlots. <laughs> they had a holet. It's only six but yeah, I mean, okay. So the know, I'm the only candidate that believes in safe injection sites as in response to the opioid crisis. Mm. But I was talking about safe injection sites 10 years ago when I ran the first time it because they were doing crack. it in Iceland and it was reducing the number of overdoses mm. and it was getting more people on a pathway to treatment. Baltimore has a history of subsidizing addiction. We, we give money to methadone clinics. Love that. That is not treatment. Nope. That is a substitute drug. When you can't get the methadone, you go back to the drug of your choice. And That's we corporations are, making money off people's pain. And we are cre- creating perpetual addicts. Absolutely. We, it's corporations making mo- money off of people's pain. That's that's totally right. what methadone has pr- cr- produced. But I got a revenue model that's, that doesn't involve having to let people kill themselves. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because you. if you have these safe injection sites sure. that have medical professionals, mm-hmm. social workers, Etc. Mm-hmm. And then you legalize the drugs, mm-hmm. right? And regulate them. Now, you, you see how the two go hand in hand? Yes. We're well, regulating. But they can do that. Drugs has been here how long? 
They had the crack academic. They, listen, they've had drugs hash. But they, they haven't done it. I know they, they can, but they because, haven't. Because they know they make more money with it being unrecognized. I think that is a... And you demonize people and your other industries work, your prison work. I think it's, they believe that. It's ancillary industries off of pain. Right. But, do, do you get what I'm saying? But now that, but now that it, it ain't just the black folks problem mm-hmm. and you got a fentanyl crisis in West Virginia, mm. you got fentanyl... Wiping them out. Yes. Yeah. Meth. Crystal meth. Straight wiping out you know, families, bro. People watch Breaking Bad and act like it was the best show in the world. And I said, only a white person could be getting away with selling drugs as the teacher in the school. Mm-hmm. But they loved it. Hmm. They idolized them for it. And we still coming out from the stigma of the wire. Yep. You see? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I just And I've never like seen the wire. I had me because the one time I tried to watch it, they was using some some Virginia Beach slang and standing in front of my grandmother's house, and I cut it off. <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't even know the intro because I'm I'm almost offended that um, you can create something, and, and not saying it's bad or good. I can't even because I haven't seen it. But the mystique that people tell me about The Wire, I'm offended that Baltimore is subjugated to this violent place. And it comes from a depiction of a white male. Well who never went through the grime and the violence. Well I have a problem with that. That's that's not a fair assessment. Okay. Tell me what What I will say is David Simon worked for the Sun for a number of years. Okay. And so he covered crime. Okay. So um the characters are based on real life people in Baltimore. Sure. Um, that were a part of the corruption mm-hmm. on the government side in terms of certain administrations. Sure. As well as a part of the the drug traffic, the the drug game or industry mm-hmm. in Baltimore, mm-hmm. some of those older people who the stories were based on ended up in the wire playing someone else. I understand, right? Mm-hmm. But those stories were true. Okay. What offends me is that the lens through which it came. So you tell me every story that the wire put out was true, and I'm not saying that it wasn't. Yeah, they just mixed some different generations up. Like they true. took some stuff that but happened the in the '70s and made it, it sound like it was. It wasn't a documentary. It wasn't a documentary. Of course I'm, not. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to. Yeah, find but out. I mean, because the even though amount of violence I'm hearing about, I'm I have a problem with it. But there was, but the '90s were violent. I mean, we still had projects. We had people throwing people on top of the buildings like Murphy Holmes okay. and Lafayette Terrace. Like this was a real thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know? Because when, when Curtis Smoke was man, there was a lot of drugs. I mean, there's no money to be made in the street right now in drugs. These kids out here making barely making re-up and chicken box money. But in the 90s, under Kurt, right. where the, the, the police weren't even bothering the drug dealers, right? Mm-hmm. There were these signs used to be up. Um, school is within a certain amount of feet of the school. There's drug-free school zone. Mm-hmm. Right? All Kurt was saying, don't sell the drugs near the children. Police wasn't bothering nobody. As long as you stayed a certain amount of feet away from the school. So what happened? We got a different mayor. Mm. And that was on Madley. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like that's what I'm... He came why strong really, for crime. He brought Ed Norris here from New York yep. and, and brought zero tolerance. Put, yep. And that's why we're in a consent decree now. Yep. Because those things had a lot. And that's really and why I'm back in this enforcement race. guy. Yeah. But this is why I'm back in the race. I, I never intended to run again. After 2011. In 2016, I saw a standout candidate on the Democratic side that wasn't going to make it out of the closed primary and switched him to the Green Party. His name was Joshua Harris. Joshua Harris. And we got 22,000 votes with a third party candidate. 
unheard of in Baltimore mm-hmm. in a democratic city. Yeah, he but did, he was a he, natural. He's a good um, guy. Josh great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but last year, before the healthy Holly stuff, with all that was going on around police commissioners, I've worked also really closely for the last ten years with different people inside of BPD, improving community relations, mm-hmm. right? And after the D'Souza had to step down, we had interim commissioner Tuggle. Morale, morale was so low inside of BPD. Really? First of all, he had come from DEA, so, they so he didn't was like seen. Tuggle. No, he was seen as an outsider. We didn't like you, Tuggy. Well, he was seen as an outsider. Poor you know, Tuggy. He was he was former DEA. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he was from here. The department is a lot like a fraternity yeah. or playing on a team. You know what club. I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're not one of us and you are outsider, we don't want you wearing our uniform. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And that's right? how they felt about this And that's guy. how they felt about him. And he and because Catherine hadn't made a choice for so long, he was there for nine months, right? Then it gets leaked to her choice supposedly is going to be. That was Patrick Fitzgerald from Fort Worth, Texas. Um. She says that the person who leaked it was incorrect, but then two weeks later comes back and he's still who you put up, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So then Jack and Brandon and some others go down to Fort Worth to do some investigating and talk to the people about Patrick Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I read all 63 pages of that report, okay? So, so when they the said pastor, back in Texas. When eh? the pastor says that if I hadn't been standing next to him when he said something different to someone else... I wouldn't, I would have believed his lies too. The pastor called the man a liar. Wow. You do some more due diligence. He's got pending lawsuits against him in every jurisdiction that he's ever served in. Why would we bring him here? So then he gets shut down. Wow. And we get Harrison, who I'd met two years ago on code while doing CODIF because. Uh, um, I have another police commissioner in mind on day one. Wow. So this is going to be our sixth police com- commissioner if you're mayor. You know mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. We. I don't know how, and, and, and no knock to you because you're coming in if you're mayor, but I just don't understand how we can ever have a consistent application. Kevin Davis should have never been fired. That's number one. Catherine had a temper tantrum over a spike hey. in violence over a weekend. Kevin, Kevin was making reforms. He was, he had us. Black guy. White guy. He Kevin came Davis. after Anthony Bett. Oh, yeah. This is the guy from um, Anne Arundel County. Yes. Kevin mm. should have never been I don't fired. I not I liked him neither. I don't think you like most of these people. <laughs> if I'm going to be perfectly <laughs> she, honest. She said that I ain't she, heard you say you she, like nobody. She came yet. for me. Like, who is it that you do like? Am I okay? Like... <laughs> Miss Byrne, I love Let him. me ask. When I leave here, you want to tell them people I don't like I don't that Republican like lady. She crazy. Like, what's going to happen when I walk out the door? No, no, no. no. I you just, never know. Just tune in. Oh, because I'm going to talk know. about you. I sure okay. do. I come Thank back. You, Thank I'll, you, G. Thank G you, G. Because I always bring them back up, don't I? Yeah, you bring people up. I sure up. do. So I'm going to bring, I know I'm going to bring this here. Oh, <laughs> love and light, Lord. Love and light. When I say I don't like them is I haven't seen them make any... Movements in our community Because listen I'm black centered And I want black people To succeed And I know we're great But I It's a lot of things In place For us not to be great And then we do a lot of stuff To make ourselves not great I'm clear about that So when I say I don't like them I don't see nothing Kevin Davis has done So And I can't say he hasn't Anthony Batt Should have never been Our police commissioner Oh lord 
She's going, she's hitting him again. Okay. So Kevin shouldn't be hired. Prior, fired. prior to Kevin, Anthony we had Anthony Betts, okay. who was the police commissioner in Oakland when Oscar Grant was killed. He also had a wife at the time who was on the council there who he beat. And Maryland doesn't allow domestic violence offenders to carry guns. So we Are had a police commissioner. People? Who vets the people? Listen, Linda. Okay. <laughs> Linda, these processes, Linda, Linda, these processes, okay. <laughs> Linda, listen, Linda. It's a, right, <laughs> Linda. I know that little boy, Linda. So, who bets these people? Because everybody has an issue. Who is looking into the? It's back about room? having. It's about on a national level. They they are favors that people owe other people. Law enforcement is a large industry mm. that feeds into the prison system. So let's be clear that there are organizations, international and national organizations, that move these people around on purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay? But under Maryland's law, we had a police commissioner that legally shouldn't have been able to carry a gun because he had domestic violence convictions in California. Mm -hmm. Stephanie had to fire him because the video surfaced of him throwing bricks at children on Monroe Street on the day that the uprising started. Oh, them kids came out of Freddie. I'm glad out, you said uprising. They it came, wasn't a riot. They came out of New Shiloh, right? They came. I st- listen. It wasn't a riot. It, it was, was a sta- it was planned. It was planned. You're right. On the morning of Freddie's funeral, they would not let nobody. There was them a them. there yep. was a flyer that came out that claimed that the kids were going to walk out of school early and do something like the purge, right? And they had locked up DeMond Darman. I got people that work, that I know that work at DOJ and DOD that can't tell you where this flyer originated from. The metadata is scrubbed, okay? Kids don't know how to do that. This wasn't made on no app. This was intentional. Everybody that was somebody that was elected was sitting in New Shiloh Baptist Church for That's Freddie's true. funeral. That's true. The kids get out of school. They just shut everything down at Mondawmin. On Don't nobody know who shut it down. No, nope. still all these years later, we're not taking any accountability for it. And you push the kids down Monroe Street mm-hmm. to get to the next um, transit hub, which is Pennsylvania and North Avenue. Mm-hmm. But Jamal, Catherine, Shea, all of them was in the church. The kids who did who came, who had walked there for their friend who didn't have transportation to go to the cemetery, right? They had walked from Gilmore home, are coming out of this church grieving, having just said goodbye to their friend, affectionately known as Pepper, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you have droves of police. He was killed by the police. How you thought they were supposed to react? Mm-hmm. I Listen, I know that they made that happen. Of course they did. And that's what they wanted to have. And they so knew that they would of, have a large, great audience to see it. We get rid of Bats, and we get, and we get Kevin Davis. Yep. And, you know, I'm in the HBO document, documentary, Baltimore Rising. Um, that, that 10, 15 second part that I'm in, when I tell him, you know, I'll give you a chance. That was our first time meeting him. He intentionally asked to, to meet with community stakeholders somewhere outside of BPD. Mm-hmm. Neutral ground. Right. And I give anybody a shot. Who did that? Kevin Davis. Okay. And and he had Mel Russell with him, who was in BPD for 40 years, ran the community collaboration division. Mel chose who should be in that room. Right. Myself, Stokey, mm-hmm. um, my god brother Shadow, mm-hmm. um, um, that we ultimately started the Unity Bowl with. Mm-hmm. Right. Who works at Penn North Recovery. But every single thing, every task, every challenge that I put before Kevin, 
he delivered. Mm-hmm. And while the DOJ was still here doing their investigation, even before we were in the consent decree, were we already changing things in policy inside of BPD in advance of, because he came in knowing that there were some things that were broken and listening to community specifically. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't think he should have ever been. this is the guy been, from Anne Arundel County. Yeah, I don't think that he should have ever been The fired. very racist Anne Arundel County. Okay. Yes, the very racist Anne Arundel County. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, his I, I former just, spokesperson, who he also brought here from Anne Arundel County, is also one of the Democratic candidates for oh. mayor, TJ Smith. Kevin May. Daryl D'Souza, deputy commissioner, and put him into a fellowship that was going to put him on a fast track to become a police chief anywhere in the country if he wanted to. We didn't know about the tax thing, but he elevated more black officers in BPD than the last three black commissioners. Let's just tell the truth. Shame the devil. Sister Burr, I love you with statistics. <laughs> when you like somebody, you know what they're doing. <laughs> and I when I it. don't like them, I know what they're doing too. I love that. To, to justify my dislike. <laughs> well, that's true because I just dislike them. Right. Right. We, we, we with know no receipts. We know this. <laughs> this, I just dis- dislike you with my no receipts. My spirit said, yeah, yeah. Like my it. gut didn't yeah. like. <laughs> so I just dislike them. I love your receipts. I, right. <laughs> I just do. Well, the problem, I think six in all of these police commissions, we're going to continue to have issues with crime because we cannot constructively deal with something if the leadership continues to change and the approach continues to change. No, I understand that. And that every time we problem. get a new commissioner, they change the org chart, they change I positions. think it should be like four years. But I mean, I think the mayor shouldn't appoint them every time. I, I think that's a problem. I believe that um, cultural competency is an important skill set. Very important. Needed for all agencies. Absolutely. And so every one of my agencies is going to be run from by somebody from Baltimore. I'm not requiring the entire agency to be people from Baltimore, but mm-hmm. I need my leadership mm-hmm. to understand Baltimore Got if it. we're going to help fix it. And so I need a police commissioner that understands Baltimore. And that's not Michael Harrison. Nice guy. Gets a, lot more, from here. gets a lot more credit for New Orleans consent decree compliance than he really should. Because mm-hmm. he came in at the tail end. The chief prior to him had done a lot more of the reforms and the heavy lifting of that. Um, sure. there, but you know, we like to romanticize things. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but um, I need a commissioner that knows my guys and knows my city. Hmm. It's I, just that simple. I've heard that a few times. <laughs> so, I mean, I have. I heard that a few times. I heard someone say that you know the police commissioner c- cannot use um a GPS to get to Lexington Market or because you know, he doesn't Absolutely. know the city. That's absolutely. that's an issue. That is absolute issue. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the guys get acclimated with someone who's new, who hasn't come up through the ranks with them. I think that makes sense. Right. So we so do I need have, that. I, I have my police commissioner in my mind. I'm not going to say that individual's name right okay, now. Okay, so you but, already have that. But we, we've discussed it and they know that okay. on day one I'm called. So you have <laughs> you have the things that you want to put in place immediately. Oh, yeah. I'm, my campaign manager fusses with me all the time. I spend all my time and energy when I'm not at a forum or doing mm-hmm. something like this, planning my cabinet, mm-hmm. you know, come, talking to people about the positions I'd like to give them. Like, I know who I want to be my city solicitor. Sure. I know who my chief of staff is, sure. my agency heads. I don't even think about the campaign. That's what my campaign manager is for. Got it. Get me elected. Where I am <laughs> is focused on Too our focused first 100 on days. Got it. Our Got first it. 100. Because, I mean, it's critical. Okay. You know, because the next mayor of Baltimore is going to write the next the next chapter of Baltimore and dictate how the next 20 years go. We're still paying for black Baltimore, allowing themselves to be divided by classism. 
okay. and splitting votes in 1999 and electing Martin O'Malley. We're that paying was the, for that right now. That's the truth. And I, that's not the legacy I'm not trying to leave my kids. Lawrence Bell, I remember that. Lawrence Bell, that is that was a very pivotal election, and we 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 smudged that one. Yeah, and the Democrats have Let figured out how to, how to divide us. Old, old puppy O'Malley. How they so, how to um, divide us? You know, using classism and elitism. Exactly. So, His suits. I remember that. It yeah. was it was the most awful thing that they tried, yeah. but it worked. That's the problem. They keep doing the same thing and it worked. So now we hear your platform, which is excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. You like a platform, G? Yeah. I like the um, <laughs> I like the legacy. I'm I'm kind of withholding, huh? Yeah, okay. I like the yeah. legacy. No, no. I'm gonna I, have to listen to find out what you really feel. No, I don't <laughs> no, I, I'm not the one that comments on previous guests. That's not me. Okay. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody else on the show will be bringing ooh, stuff up. Ooh, <laughs> Shut up, G. Go and talk. Answer the question. <laughs> so her platform, I like the legacy. I I definitely love um, placing that you have. You're thinking about your placements. You know, a lot of people are just campaigning and because you have to focus on that too. But you're thinking about placement. I like. I'm the, a horrible candidate. Ooh. I threw my wig at somebody at an event on, in January. Really? Wow. And it was Why on Facebook. Why did you have us there for that? Wow. Wow. I told that man if he cut me off again, what was going to happen? And you, then he cut me off. And you threw it. I, I mean, did. but you took it after. Really? Sister. And then I put it back on. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm a horrible candidate because I am myself. I'm not well, changing hell, my persona. That's, what, that's the next question. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you segueing into the question. This is a very blue state. How do you foresee a Republican garnering the support that would make you mayors. You know, how how do you foresee that? You say you're a horrible candidate. I don't think that. But because um, I is- saw you on stage. <laughs> I mean, and you're very prolific. But um, Thank you. you. Because I've been on radio and TV for 15 years. I've been on Square Off of Richard Shea for 10 years. I've guest hosted for Roland Martin. Um, right. I've been consistent in what I stand for. Sure. To the, ex- to the extent that I'm a brand more so than a politician. Okay. And people know where I stand on issues, and I've never, ever changed that. Mm-hmm. The things I was talking about and forecasting for Baltimore 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 mm-hmm. years ago, have either come to pass or are happening right now. Okay. And people trust me. Uh, I think that, you know, one of the biggest compliments that I get from especially older black people is I never thought in my life I'd vote for a Republican, but I would vote for you. Mm. You know, and I don't ask them to change party affiliation to vote for me. Sure. Let me deal with the Republicans. I'll get out my primary my way. Mm-hmm. But if your favorite Democrat is not the winner on April 28th, when you wake up on April 29th, you've got options. you got Cat Bird. You've got options. Yeah. I'm not asking you not be a Democrat. If that's what feels right to you in your spirit as mm-hmm. a black person, if that's what you were raised with and it's emotional for you, Stay a Democrat. <laughs> I like how you threw that part yeah, in. Yeah, she had to say Stay that. a Democrat. Yeah, I love that. But, but vote for me. But vote for you. I'm I'm feeling that. <laughs> I am feeling that. So that, that's a good that's a good way to go, but gotta be a better candidate. <laughs> I mean Cause you said you you said it. I, I didn't say yeah, it. Yeah, because like well, again, we did that postmortem, right? Things mm-hmm. we learned that worked and didn't work Got from twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. I don't have separate social media for the campaign now. Okay. The conversion rate wasn't there. Got right. It. I have I was at the max on Facebook with Facebook friends. I don't even think we ever hit a thousand followers on the friends of Catalina Bird page. Okay. I had toned it down. I wasn't cussing. But now Trump is president. 
I can cuss and I still look like the growing up in the room. <laughs> I be cussing about issues. He just be beefing with people. Okay. Exactly. So he's helping me a so little he's bit. Help- <laughs> he's making it more authentic. Yeah. I love it. You see Trumpy. The- and I don't have to censor myself. And that's what I did in 2011. And I think that was why I hated that race. Not because I didn't make the ballot. Because even close to 800 people still wrote me in. And I didn't run a write-in campaign after I didn't get enough signatures. They just had met me in community and still tried. That's right? excellent. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't stand it. Okay. I, couldn't, I couldn't post what I was really thinking about certain things. This one... But social media is a is a is a you going this look this is what you you want to utilize it for good because it can it can come back to bite you and I do yeah. you know just this past Saturday I was at um an event that the Frederick Douglass Foundation put on for Black Republicans, um, and I took a picture with Kimberly Clasic like me and Kim Clasic are working on some things together. She's the Republican that won in the special primary. Right. Again, I have to get through my primary. Mm-hmm. But one of my good, good friends who was an elected official who was a Democrat sent me the picture, said she's a little crazy for me, but I still want to become half the diplomat you are one day. And this is somebody that's sitting currently in office. Kim. Because I can work across any line. I'm not I can work talk with any. Thank you. Because I don't have no receipts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm learning. You at the desk? Like, can I can I take this back? Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning now. Did you get this from here? I don't have no receipts, so I'm gonna leave Kim because she's a little. Mm, but I'm gonna leave her alone because I don't have no receipts. So let me ask you some questions. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on because <laughs> I don't want to get into that. Like I'm like I, these are like nominal questions because I think Baltimore needs an audit. Absolutely, and needs a, a very intense audit. Are you for that in Baltimore City? Absolutely. So when you become mayor, you will audit these um, forensic audits of audit, as well as needs is. assessments. Yes, and, needs assessment um, exactly. You know, quality assurance assessment. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think that there's some jobs we might have that don't need to be jobs. Exactly. That can, that technology has advanced enough that we might be spinning the wheel, wasting some time employing some people that we don't need to. Love it. I love that. That's excellent. Got a check there, Republican. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So another thing, um, I think there's a dearth of entertainment for black people in Baltimore. We are going, and it's not that we have to just party together, but we should. Other people do. So we don't have an entertainment enclave in Baltimore at all. We've had 33 theaters that were black owned, black operated. We're down to four, mm-hmm. and one, and none are op- operational. Mm-hmm. And um, we have the Harlem Theater; it's just sitting there. The Royal Theater, the Chitlin Circuit, has been raised. The only one in the Ambassador the, Theater. The in, list yeah, we could just go. With the Arches, it was a theater. Um, twenty four, twenty six. So, what do you have a plan to create some type of? Because Pennsylvania Avenue has a plan. Um, in Harlem Park, they have a plan. So do you have, as a mayor, would you support some enclaves for African-Americans to have um, I think space to enjoy themselves? So me and the late Frank Conway Sr. agreed mm, on this, right? Mm-hmm. Wise old Al was my man too. He was. Um, I don't want a black arts district because I think it's disrespectful as a black city that plays such a pivotal role in the arts up and down the East Coast. I think marginalizing it Mm. to one space as an insult to the legacy of Baltimore and black art. And Frank and I agreed on that. Um, I'm holding, I'm clutching my pearls. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, my pearls but are But then also, you know, what 
Lady Breon and those guys that got Pennsylvania Avenue deemed a black historic or district, I was a, I was in favor of mm-hmm. because of how rapidly the gentrification is coming to West Baltimore post-uprising. Absolutely. And to be able to preserve that part of our legacy if we can't preserve everything else. And post-uprising, I think, was a pivotal movement. That was yeah, the plan. The, you, that they, was they, the plan. That to, was the plan. That was the plan. They don't act like to, they uh, just discovered West Baltimore. In gentrification, they you showed, have to have... They exactly. showed things that have been the same since Ex- the riots of 68 when King exactly. was killed and acted like those kids did that. You're right. The pivotal movement was the uprising. It, so, I just knew it was. And that's why I changed my position and supported them on that on creating that Pennsylvania Avenue Black Arts District. But initially, and if Frank was still living, we could call him, he'll tell you, no, I think I think a black arts district. And then the crazy thing is But do you know why there was such a thing? And that why it was so viable? So I mean when you say You mean before? Yeah. Segregation. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. To say you dis it's disrespecting I mean it was it it was that way How's it mandated? Disres- it was mandated for us to have that. So to say to create that would disrespect our legacy. I don't understand that because in all actuality, that's all we had. So now we have been integrated and we can go in other places. That can be disrespectful yeah, let's, also. Let's also because talk about now all when of the we resources had it and what from we did our with spot it. is do, gone. Do you know that we had land allocated for black arts districts? One of the last thing Sheila did before she had to step down. Ask me what's sitting on that land right now. I have no idea. Horseshoe Casino. Because after she allocated the money, oh, these, here we go with the my organizers pearls. brought Al Sharpton here. They my paid Al Sharpton to clutched. come and speak about why we needed a black arts district. That money would have been better spent hiring an architect and doing the feasibility study to begin the actual development. But the reason they got to build that casino there for a dollar is because they never organized after she gave them the land. So we can wait wait a minute. She designated the land to be a black arts district. It was a bunch of party promoters that had gotten together. I'm not going to name their names. Are you kidding me? No. And so. So when they came and marched on City Hall dressed in all white with their photo shoot, Jack called me. He was council president at the time. And no councilman. He said, I don't understand what they're upset for. Sheila allocated the land. Who's going to move forward with the planning? I said, look, they want. I mean, I remember Larry Young sent somebody to threaten me. For being against Al Sharpton coming here. I said, we don't need Al Sharpton here. You need you already to use got the, the land. You got the land. <laughs> what are y'all marching and making demands for when you if got, you already got it? Well, see, listen, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> the, most people don't. And we had Sister Sheila here. Well, I mean, well, what we she didn't said, talk about yeah, that. Well, yeah, we didn't talk we about didn't that talk specifically, about that. but you said that she was the one that designated the, the, the space. That's amazing. So I'm going to bring that. And Jack you know, told me. That's going to come back. And I told the people that were working on it. Because you you calling out names. And then they wanted to have their march and their rally mm. in their photo op. So march and rally on. And now we don't have nothing. I was at the horseshoe last week. Ooh. <laughs> so I'm going to move on. With the, <laughs> we're going to move on with the entertainment because we got the answer to that. Uh, <laughs> and my pearls are unclutched. But you came with it. You was at the horseshoe when? Super Tuesday, okay. I, my adrenaline yes, was yes, rushing. Sir. I heard you, sis. I heard you. Sir. I, I heard went you. down there at 3 o'clock in the morning. Ooh, I was down ooh. there until <laughs> it was time for me to go, come back home and make my ba- get my baby up for school. I was having a ball. Sister Bird. Apparently, there's a lot of senior citizens with insomnia because it was a lot of old people down there. I will tell you that you are bringing it. <laughs> 
that's you are. I did not know. And I, I love was it. Shocked. You are so authentic. I, I said it, but it is really the truth. <laughs> okay. I was just like, who yeah, am I? Is the old folks gamble, sis. At four o'clock in the morning? They gamble. Five that o'clock. is the reasoning why casinos are open. It's not because of young people. Let's be clear. I was astounded. Okay. Well, they gamble. I'm like, who grandmother? They gamble hard. They they sleep two days ahead and they up gambling. They were not to be played Hmm. with. Okay. It was like a couple of young people at the crap table. Everybody else on both floors hmm. was saying You don't get it. They know what they're doing and they know what times is better for them. Ain't a lot of traffic. They got it going on. Trust me. I don't gamble because I don't like to lose. I don't gamble either. I but was I didn't going, know that was a was black arts entertainment. So I need to go there because it's for the black. No, it's not. <laughs> it could have been, it but the blacks been. didn't build it. The black didn't build it. They wanted to march and rally. So why do we do this? But anyway, so I, we, let's, we gonna uh, move on because I just want to see. We can write a book, make a documentary about why black folks do what the we thing do. that we do Absolutely. to ourselves and our own detriment. Absolutely. So, you know what? We appreciate you, but I had to ask that. <laughs> but I'm going to move on from that. But <laughs> my last thing, if you are mate, if you win the primary, because the, the primary is for Republican and, you know, I got it. We're a close primary state. So Republicans vote for Republicans, Democrats vote for Democrats. So you, Independents can't vote and third party people can't. Yeah, I can't vote. So there will be a... Um, a primary win on the Republican side and the Democratic side Democratic on side. April 28th. Okay, so will you commit to do a live with the box with the people if you were to become the primary candidate? Absolutely. And we do some fundraising and, you know, Absolutely. bring the people out here some real questions. Because what I see at these forums, they don't let nobody ask no questions. They don't let nobody talk. I was sick of forums, period. So some real questions I want to debate. People. When the roof stand up there and lies, say he's going to legalize weed have and tax it, I want to be able to come back and say that's a lie because you don't have the jurisdiction to do so as mayor. Somebody asked <laughs> if I could have the, the Democratic candidate and you were the Republican candidate, would you? Absolutely. Would, oh, love it. Love it. You heard that, G? I we, did hear that. We got it. You got receipts. So you can't say no. You can text me and I'll respond in the text. You can screenshot and post it too if you want some more Ooh, receipts. That, that's what I wanted to hear because we want to do something like that, whereas the people really have a forum for the for the candidates. What they say that is your side of the story, then it's my side of the story, and, and then, then there's the, the screenshot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> screenshot. Really, that's, that's what it is. I, I never heard that. Well, okay. Text me, I'm gonna respond, then snap it. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. Put she, it on the gram. Yeah. All day. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and she is a grandma. I am. Cause my kids do some funny my stuff. My sister I, here I post is a grandma. Screenshots of my text messages with my kids, cause my boys are she hilarious. She's a grandma. She hits my. Pe- I'm loving you on the yard. I see you, see Carolina Bird. I said, look at her. You're very talented. So I what do you, you bring to the mic? I know you were probably going back through your old spoken word pieces. Yeah, cause you said that's you what spoken. I had to do. Let's I was do like, it. okay, she, she thought she was that's slick, but it's in my That's when she went to the bathroom. Yeah, no, she played me. It's right here. It's in my note section on Facebook. We was talking about Stokey and them. I was scrolling. It better sound good. Okay, so. This piece is called What Haunts a Hustler. Do you know what a man's spirit sounds like when it's breaking under the pressure of the realization he may be God-like, but unlike God, he can't make what he wants. Come true just by thinking it. Even worse, not even after he tries is it guaranteed. So there's something dying inside that makes them plant seeds, seeking hope in the eyes of the innocent one that bears a face similar to their own. So the continuation is looking like a gift and a curse. Because they hear their feet growing in concert with the lint rubbing against each other in their pockets and can't stop it. But they don't want to hustle no more. Feeling too old for the bookings the last time they spent there. 
but they ain't really never worked nowhere but a block. And they always intended to stop, but the bills didn't and the will wasn't with going against what was working because the old folks had told them don't fix what ain't broken. But these days it seems maybe their perception wasn't focused, was something close to it. Because all they know is this shit, but they don't want to do it no more. And if you ever been the only thing they love besides surviving, then you find yourself broken inside them trying to contort to fill whatever holes they just now see are through them. But it's only so many ways one woman made of one rib can bend. Only but so many indiscretions can she mend. You know how those old folks got to hell? Acting good, acting out on what they intend. So sometimes she'll just pretend you have no broken dreams to sleep at night. Still what haunts the hustler haunts the one that loves them through and through and could care less if they could pay all the bills or only a few, because there ain't no retirement package, and pensions ain't heard of around the spot. Only the reality that it might have been your mans in them in them desperate times that made your spot hot. And the game always changes, but you got so comfortable in your niche that you forgot till you got popped and never saw it coming from any angle. Well, Hans the Hustler is outliving the days of his prime and facing the fact that he may or may not know what else he can do with this life God's given him which means he's either a waste of or living on borrowed time. Mmm. <laughs> You're good. You're good. What's the name of that? Well, Haunts a Hustler. Wow. Hustlers love that. Well, I'm, I, I was married to one. I'm the widow of one. And so Is prior to right? him getting killed, you know, I remember the transition out the street, the, you know, trying to do right, trying to get a job. And being turned down because of his past Mm -hmm. and intentionally not going back into the street because he just made this commitment to himself that he was smarter than this and he could do this. And it it took a toll on his spirit to not be able to help pay some bills, to not be able to do things he used to do. And ultimately, um, he did get out and stay out. And he was um, working in the finance industry, working on selling mortgages. Um, and get in the process of getting licensed. And when he was killed, he had gone with some friends to celebrate a friend of theirs coming home from jail. And, you know, but my, I'm able to give that that story to my son. You know, like he didn't die in these streets. He was taken from us, but he had turned his life around and he wanted so much more for you. And that's, you know, and that's what I walk with. And that's, that's so when I wrote that piece, I was with him in mind. Um, remembering mm. approaching him approaching 30 and, and not wanting this to be all there was to his story. What was his name? Can we name get a name for him? David Bird Jr. David Bird Jr. Yeah. So Bird is not is my married name. It's not my maiden name. Okay. Um uh, but Rest I carry peace. it. Yeah, I carry it. Wow. And so Rest and because peace. I I'm a sentimental person, but I'm also um intentional when I do things. I launched my campaign on the date on the same day as his death anniversary because I wanted to change what that date meant for me. What, what was that day? August 26, 2019 is when we launched this campaign. August 26, 2007 was when he was killed. So hmm. I, I want to change that's, that's what that's an anniversary yeah, for, it, for me. Yeah, make it a celebration also. Mm-hmm. And he was my biggest fan and had every intention of being by my side when I ran for mayor the first time because I had been planning this. Um mm way before I actually did it the first time. So, you know, he's one of my, he's my guardian angel. I know he laughs and shakes his head when I do stuff like throw my wig, but he knows who his wife was. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness. And he keeping me covered. 
That's He's keeping me covered. That's a beautiful thing. Wow. So that came from a real special place. Yeah. It was special. I like that. Ooh, that was that's a heck of a talent, Reggie. <laughs> she came. All right. Man. What was Ricky's talent? I just want to know. What was Ricky's he talent? He sang. Yeah. I hear Ricky sang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta you listen, I'm gonna need you to go hit the I mean you ain't been on the box. You need to listen to our shows. Yeah, blackboxradio.com. I've been listening to Jada Kiss. Oh, the Ignatius? Oh my god. You feeling it? Yes. It's and it's for it's It's grown Jada. It's grown Jada. Like it's grown Jada, it's and I can't I even discuss him. it with anybody under the age of 35. I call, him, I call get him, it because everybody's call, talking about I it. I call him Hairline Jada. Yes. <laughs> and did he did he not get married? He like he shade. was saying on Drink Champs last year that he was about to marry his fiance because it sounds like something didn't go right in the relationship, and he wants to be married, but somebody did something that hurt this man. Right. Well, I know that. <laughs> I, mean, I know the underlying. He's hurting. Well, he, well, he's hurting. He's really. lonely. He, he lost his friend, too. He lost his friend to cancer. His homeboy, Ice Pick, passed. But he also... Has right, a, there's some There's some relationship, relationship stuff, stuff going on here. I got to get this. Everyone's talking about Styles, it. And Styles is, you know, happily married, been married right. 20-something years. So and, I, and, and drinking and selling juice and doing all that. Doing the juices. His wife just wrote a book. Right, right. Yeah, so I feel like... Something's J- going on with Jada. What haunts a hustler? Jada... He, this is it. This is him. This is the reflection. Like I'm grown. I made it. What, what am I here for? What am I doing? I love it. Yeah, he didn't win. Like, like I said, see how she Jada, flipped the whole conversation and <laughs> made, made her stuff relevant and had not been he on the box. She flipped that. Whole, I love you. You are a absolute host. <laughs> <laughs> she flipped the whole conversation with Jada Kiss. Go no, ahead. no, yeah. I mean, he, it, you know, <laughs> it brought G right along because you know he loved music. See, you brought him right on in it. Yeah. So mm. yeah. He, <laughs> We got music. Yeah, we yeah we booms in here. So you brought it right on now. You just flipped all of that. She ain't never seen the box. Oh, I'm but I be liking your IG post. Though I get your numbers. Yeah, you up. do like my post. I get but, your numbers. But you gotta up. listen. To, you know, listen to Ricky. We putting out Sheila. You need to listen to. You what know. was Sheila's talent? They was getting her boxing her up here so fast we couldn't get a talent out of her. She, she had to go to Annapolis. So it's all good. But she promised to come back if she's the primary winner. So gonna do a live we're gonna get that talent because i know sheila got one other than that black belt i don't know what the talent is but i'm interested Ooh. i want to come for that Ooh. you want you want to you want to see that. somebody text me for that <laughs> you are funny so y'all are only three ladies on the democratic side right mary Mella. well i'm not a democrat oh that's you right Republican. <laughs> i just swallowed you see my how tongue good I am? Right, right. She didn't forget. That's right. You the one of the seven um, Republicans who yeah, got fifty-five. And, uh, and of my Democrats. seven, there are three: Shannon oh, Snee, right? Shannon Wright, Shannon Wright. Sorry, Zulika Bays. Yeah, that's another lady. She, and myself. So it's three black women. So it's a very interesting time. The Baysmore lady. She's not a she's 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 not a Baltimorean. She's gonna have some issues. Neither is Shannon. Shannon's from New Jersey. She's been here for six years. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait. <laughs> Neither just... is Ivan Gonzalez. He's oh, from the Bronx. She's still talking. That's another one of my primary <laughs> opponents. Tell on him, girl. Tell him. They ain't, so they you're the only indigenous me. Republican from around here? Is well, that what you saying? I keep dumping I this because you keep making my towel nervous. <laughs> I think it's my they... third time doing this messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> she got me nervous. <laughs> I don't know. She mentioned people's name and drop over stuff. Come on. I think David Anthony Wiggins is from here. I might be wrong, but I think he is. 
But Shannon has a restraining order against him, so they can't participate in the same forums. Are you understanding what I'm hearing right now? <laughs> she gonna make my they towel can't fall over again. Jesus Christ. You can't make this stuff. You can't. So she has a restraining order. Yeah, she's the chair of the Central Committee, and she kicked David off the Central Committee. And um, <laughs> Let me get my stuff. That's messy. That's a, it's messy it's over messy there. It's messy over there. Honey, they be over there fighting for themselves in the penitentiary. I don't know why. I just went ahead and quietly around the central committee with filed my paperwork, my, my race. This central committee thing is big, and I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to delve in it another time because I don't know nothing about it, but I see that's the pathway into leadership in, 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 in the Democratic Party. You got to go through the central committee and all that. You know, I'm not a politics girl. That. But that's me, what they me, do. Me and God got this. <laughs> I hear that. So you didn't do it, none of They don't have no restraining orders on you, sis? No, no. Even after you threw that wig? Ooh, you nope. should have got But it. you know what? I saw him again. And he knew better to stay away from you. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I bet he never messed with you again. I mean, from the stage? Tell me how. No, we were. Okay, so y'all was were the a, same? We was, it was a room, okay. right? Because um, it would have been bad. If my friends, I have some friends that did used to do this thing called Streets to the Seats. Ricky was there. He know. So this particular candidate's forum was supposed to be specifically uh, focused on black women candidates, right? So it was myself, Yolanda Pulley, and this sister that's running Republican, that's a Nation of Islam Muslim, um, over in District 10, Republican? right? Republican? Mm-hmm. Mecca Muhammad. She's on the Board of Elections website with our contact information. Mm-hmm. So... Box up, Mecca. <laughs> uh, see, look, I'm getting you guests. That's right, Mecca that's box saying. up. Um, <laughs> So what happened was, A, it's space is centered for black women, right? Uh-huh. Then it's for black women. So one of the organizers' mother had been the speaker first. She has an organization that mentors girls, and she left. Then this guy got to speak about his company, right, and give this presentation and went on for like 25, 30 minutes. And then it was the panel, and it was me, Yolanda, and Mecca. And as the people in the audience start asking questions of us as candidates, the one who had already had 30 minutes to talk about his business started answering. Problem is, he ain't from here. Got it. So he was He's been here for the... three years. Got it, got it. And he was disrespectful. And so the first time he cut Yolanda off, I stopped him. I said, look, this is the t- you've had your time to speak. This is, don't cut her off. This space is for black women. Plus, you're not even qualified to answer these questions. Then he cut me off. And I told him very kindly that if you cut me off again, I will throw my hair at you. And the next time I open my mouth, he cut me off again. So what did I do? I'm a woman of my word. Is it on? Please say it's on camera. It's on the Facebook Live because my phone started blowing up. People wanted to know who this man was and how. You made him a superstar. You done threw the wig. You threw the yakky. It was my new hair, too. Ooh, I was I upset. I know that was your new girl. That was it wasn't my finest moment. But I tell you, it's funny because people resonated with it. Like, <laughs> I posted about it on Facebook and Twitter. And still, people are like, okay, you going to throw your hair today? Like, people want to see it happen again. I'm like, no. That's never happened, I think. In a, in, I'm not in, doing I it again. I guess we're going to have to put, as your outro music, we're going to have to put some Willow Smith on. No, I didn't whip it. I threw it. Ooh. She's like, wait a minute. That's the wrong you can put the, one. You can put that Jada because catch and release on there. Okay. All right, I got that's you. what's up. That's, that's what's up. She is something else. I got you. I love it. See, you're so relevant. You're so relevant. Because there's no candy that would say that. They'd be like, uh, Isaac Hayes. 
<laughs> I mean, I have a homegirl that I know has video and photos because I saw her out the corner of my eye with her phone. So it was happening all so alive. You, you knew it was happening. And I knew that she... But it's amazing. You knew that was going to happen. You still threw that wig. Yeah. You got to be a woman of your work, don't you? Don't tell me that I'm in a safe space as a black woman for my voice to be heard and allow a black man to talk over top of me and you don't correct. I should have never had to correct him in the first time. I hear you, sis. Listen, we, we got it. <laughs> we got it. We hear it. But I was fed up. You got it. I was emotional. Say when a woman's fed up. Well, I mean, it was so much going ain't on. Ain't nothing you could do like my, about it. My son had called me crying. Nah, nah, it was nah, the same nah. day Kobe died. You know what so I mean? It was like, a lot going on. It was on. a lot going on. And then here I am in this space that's supposed to be for me. With a black man. And you going to let this fool. And he didn't even know what the hell he was talking about. Oh, it was so much wrong. Okay. I wasn't there. So mm -hmm. I wish I was there for that one. That would have right. been all over the box. Okay. <laughs> that would have been all the box would have been wigged up. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk if I was there. So, okay. We out here. We we at the last part. This has been Catalina Bryant. She's amazing. <laughs> so, we always do an LWT. Anything that you want it to be, but leave it and let them receive it. Um, I'm not certain who your core listener audience is, but, you know, again, I make the same plea that if your favorite Democrat doesn't win on April 28th, that you give me the opportunity from April 29th to November 3rd to earn your vote. Um, I thought these plans through. This is not uh, exercise in vanity for me. It is a critical moment in Baltimore. I love my city and um, I want the opportunity to help save what's left of it from outside influencers and the people who would erase us from our own history and narrative. Baltimore, go to my website, BYRD, the number four, Baltimore.com. Take a look. Give me a chance. Don't lead with the Republican thing, but not all the same. I think I proved that today. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Well, thank you for coming and spending some time with us. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Fun for us as well. <laughs> Real fun. Um, I knocked over a napkin five times <laughs> with the same crumbs. <laughs> I have been with these crumbs the whole freaking I know, I'm, And I'm looking at you because I'm hear. nervous. She got me nervous over there. Put them down. <laughs> <laughs> this woman here. Go ahead. So if you've enjoyed this conversation, um, please uh, like, follow, subscribe Black Box Radio on your favorite platform, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening, please like, follow, subscribe and leave us a rating. You can hear all of our back episodes at blackboxradio.com. That's B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O.com. If you would like to partner with us or contact us with feedback or sponsor an episode, you can reach out to blackboxradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we really appreciate your listen. Yes, 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 yes. Catalina Bird. This has been amazing. <laughs> you are a, <laughs> a lot of fun. I tell you, you. You like how I went into the like professional announcement mode and yes. then go right back to because we gotta go back to get giggling. You know, you know why y'all not on title? Right, right back on the T. Uh, on the, the you know T -T. that you heard that she said, "Why are we not on title?" That's right, Jay Z box up. Sure, we need to be on some title, but we aren't. Are we? I was listening to the places you said. And then well, I, there are other, I didn't list all she of them. them. Are you on title? No, we're not. We're you not on title, be. but we're on a lot. You should be on title.
Well, then that's your job. That's the only black streaming service. You really? That's true. Black-owned streaming service. So I pay my money every month because I support black people. I don't have to accept you, though. Because <laughs> you're black, they don't just accept you. No, no, no. Yeah, so. All my skin folk ain't my kin folk, but I Yeah, got so we're we going to work on that. Since that's where you pay your I'm, money. I'm trying to, you know. Trying to bring it together. I hold my meetings in black-owned businesses. I love that. You know. Yeah, I, we do. This is, this is what I we do. be real intentional about the way I support black people. We're intentional more about black people. We're intentional about black community. Mm-hmm. We're intentional about um, black issues. Um, and... We are a black forum. That's what we do. We're a media platform for black people. You know, the black people have been trying to take my black card for years since, you know. Because you're Republican. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I wake up here, I am shiny and black every day. Sister, let me tell you. (laughs) Today, your card has been reestablished, reaffirmed, punched. You're done. You threw the wig, you're a black woman. (laughs) (laughs) Only black women throw wigs. Real talk. So you're good. Thank (laughs) you. So nobody's messing with your black card. I mean, you're authentic. I mean, I, w- I was still waking up black anyway when they took it. I ain't give it that. One thing I will say <laughs> <laughs> is that no one should ever mess with your black card. You're amazing. You are. I mean, and I've seen you serious. I've seen you on stage. What you say is very prolific. And I think young people really feel you. We have had the fantastic Catalina Bird today. It's she so is much fun. A spitfire, I'm telling you. <laughs> and she'll be back. Because we gotta have her back. I will be back. Yeah, we have promised. Yes, we appreciate. It. We're gonna let her campaign out, but then we're gonna invite her back with her coffin nails. So we appreciate that. Um, anything to you? You done? Because we done went back, came back, went back, came back. We done, right? <laughs> we did. <laughs> we out. Peace.